Unfortunately, it doesn't. So when it's not working out for you, it's normal to feel stuck. BetterHelp Online Therapy is there to get you unstuck. Their therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere as it's all done 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can unload stress, heal emotionally, and get help with anxiety and depression. Every single person deserves to feel their best, and BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, no problem. You can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It literally couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms. It's easy. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Evan. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Evan. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning at 12 midnight. I'm Pat Boyle. While the Yankees are prioritizing the process, the Astros are prioritizing the results. Houston wins the World Series for the second time in the past six years. They beat the Phillies 4-1 in Game 6 and win the Fall Classic four games to two. Over to the Garden where the Knicks got battered with a barrage of threes from the defending Eastern Conference champs. As Williams lines up that three-pointer, finishing touches 27th three-pointer of the game for the Boston Celtics. They score 133 points. Knicks lose to the Celtics, 133-118. Mike Breen, MSG on the call. Julius Randle had 29 points in the loss. Jalen Brunson with a double-double, 22 points and 10 assists. But the Knicks lose for the fourth time in their last five games. They're now 4-5. and one, uh, four and five. Meanwhile, in Charlotte, no Kyrie Irving, no problem. Irving got suspended for a minimum of five games on Thursday, and the Nets have won back-to-back games in the two days since. A win over the Hornets tonight, 98-94. Kevin Durant led the way again with 27 points. Interim head coach Jacques Vaughn after the game. That was... Uh... Uh, gritty, grimy, uh, Brooklyn-esque kind of uh, uh, fourth quarter. Uh, 21-7 run. I don't have any stats, but I think 21-7 run to finish the game. Nets move to 4-6 and six with the win. On the ice, Devils the only local team in action right now looking for their sixth win in a row. They lead the Flames 3-2 at the second intermission in Calgary. Goals from Miles Wood, Fabian Zetterlund, and Nathan Bastian. Earlier today, Islanders had their five-game win streak snapped by getting shut out. In Detroit by the Red Wings, 3-0. Rangers off today. They host the Red Wings tomorrow at the Garden at 5. Speaking of tomorrow, Giants are at 6-2 but idle with the bye week. So it's another big AFC East showdown in MetLife Stadium. The Jets are 11.5 point underdogs to the AFC's best Buffalo Bills. All eyes on QB Zach Wilson to see if he can bounce back from a horrific performance last weekend. Earlier in the week he was asked, how can you move past mistakes in a game going forward? It's just football. I mean, it, yeah, I feel like almost every week you guys are asking what happened in the first half compared to the second half it's just football and uh you know you gotta have short-term memory you gotta be able to move on you gotta make plays when something played before didn't go well and you know we're gonna keep growing and trying to trying to get better at that jets and bills tomorrow at one o'clock 67 degrees under partly cloudy skies in central park and that's what's happening i'm pat boyle your official station to talk jets the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app download it today Good morning now at the stroke of midnight here on The Fan in New York City. Good morning, New York sports fans, or good night, whatever you want to call it. I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan at midnight here 
On the fan, we'll be taking all things New York sports with you right up till the second. 2 a.m. on this Saturday evening on this daylight savings weekend in New York City. So we've got, you know, 12 to 1 o'clock, 1 to 2 o'clock, and then we'll do the 1 o'clock hour all over again. So this is going to be a three-hour show right here from the Big Apple. And Emmanuel Barbario coming to you live from the Carton Roberts studio or the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. So go ahead, start dialing that phone, 877-337-6666. We are taking calls right here in this first segment. And some programming notes. I have two guests tonight in the first 1 a.m. hour. We're going to look at the three hockey teams in our area with Mr. Devil and a great friend of the show, Ken Danico. And in the second 1 a.m. hour tonight, you know, turn the clocks back. We'll talk with former NFL front office executive Amy Trask for my November selection for Danielle's WFAN book club. So have a knack for business. Always wanted to learn about the inner workings of an NFL front office. Tune into that segment and you'll probably be looking to buy yourself a copy of her book now out on paperback. It is called You Negotiate Like a Girl, Reflections on a Career in the National Football League. And no, it has nothing to do with being a girl in the business. Uh, so we'll talk with Amy Trask later in the show about that. But first, we have to talk about, I guess it's now we can call it Friday, not yesterday, but Friday's Yankees post-mortem press conference. I mean, where do we even start? In the soft open just a few 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, we talked about how the Yankees are just not good enough to beat the now World Series champion Houston Astros. And, you know, about this this press conference, it, it's as if being swept by the Houston Astros in the ALCS wasn't frustrating enough. It's as if being swept by the Houston Astros in the ALCS wasn't heartbreaking enough. It's as if being swept by the Houston Astros in the ALCS isn't maddening enough. The Yankees, and in particular... Brian Cashman had a whole bunch of the same nonsense to say. Every year, it's the same nonsense. And there is still this feeling of, well, they're the smartest in the room. They know better than you. Yankee fans are smart fans. Every player that plays here and is asked about the fans says it. I was in the room during the ALCS when Jose Altuve was asked about Yankee fans, and he was like, Yankee fans, Yankee fans are fans. And that's how he said it, and he elaborated on that. But everybody knows New York fans are smart. And I know because I talk to them every weekend. I talk to you every weekend, whether it's the Mets, if you're a Yankee fan, Devils, whatever. You know, I just pointed to the TV. That's why Devils came to mind. But I wish I was to talk to you more often. But every weekend I get to talk to New York sports fans, and they get it. So by and large, I think that that press conference fell completely flat. It was sterile. It was stuffy. It was just blah. And I think as a result, I think Yankee fans were aggravated by it. I think Yankee fans are angry about that press conference. And I think Yankee fans are feeling a little bit helpless about it. Because I think it came off, uh, you know, it came across... As a few things. And I've got three kind of main themes from it. And then we'll get to your themes about the press conference at 877-337-6666. But, like, A, 
for me, first, it came off full of excuses. I mean, like, turn it into a drinking game and take a drink every time either Boone or Cashman cited bad luck, cited their injuries. I mean, listen, injuries are a part of the game for sure. LeMahieu, Benintendi, having two main cogs on that team, guys that get on base, two starters defensively. But that's where depth kicks in. And, and clearly, the general manager failed in that department. But, and, and what about that bit about Josh Donaldson that Aaron Boone was talking about? Here's the quote. And, and tell me if you know what it means, because I, I didn't really get it. Boone said, quote, Coming out of the lockout, coming over to a new team, Donaldson didn't really have time to build. Blah, 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 blah. What? You mean to tell me that Josh Donaldson came right out of the lockout and into the ALCS? Is that what you're talking about? Is that a joke? I mean, excuses, excuses. And B, I've got a clip here from... uh, Brian Cashman, B, A, it was full of excuses. B, it came off as tone deaf. I, you know what? Listen to this. I think I'm living proof, and I think our, our um, you know, ownership is living proof of the fact that, you know, people don't get let, let go because of results. If they have a good process and they're doing the job well and they have, you know, sound answers and reasonings and, you know, the ultimate outcome doesn't happen, you know, I think that's taken into account. And so... Anybody so, that we've lost along the way, it's either players are off of, uh, or the process that that they implemented or, or or chose, you know, again with information provided, you know, uh, and suggestions made along the way. You know, it depends on each individual circumstance. But whenever changes happen, they're not they don't come easy. They come with a lot of sound decision making of uh, as you evaluate it, and and uh, ultimately, it's like uh, you know, as we try to find higher ground, you know, you have those hard discussions, and and then you you know weigh you know. Uh, I think uh, I don't have to use the word evolving and evolution and stuff like that. So we're always looking to get better and find better and, and, and just cut it. This is ridiculous. It's, I mean, is that not just the most smug, most arrogant answer you've heard from a guy who, and by the way, that was uh that was courtesy of SMY, but smug, arrogant from a guy who, hasn't seemed to figure it out just yet in his process that strikeouts matter in the postseason. I'm talking about strikeouts in the batter's box, of course. Oh, and, and, and that leads me to C. My takeaway from this is, is, is point C. A, full of excuses. B, tone deaf. And C, stubborn. I mean... From Brian Cashman saying about Boone's in-game decision-making, quote, I do not question question his process, end quote. Well, especially when dealing with the bullpen and the appropriate times to take out the Yankee starters, I suggest you do start to question the process, actually. And then there was Aaron Boone. See, I told you I was eating my lunch at school while I was listening to this, and this was a point where I almost tossed my lunch because Aaron Boone was talking about Isaiah Kiner Falefa, the you know the defensive whiz, the defensive genius, the defensive guru at shortstop that the Yankees acquired this year. Well, Boone said, "quote On the whole, I felt like he was by and large excellent defensively and in the top part of the league at shortstop. 
end quote. And then I'm going to start the next sentence and say, and that, quote, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa had a really good defensive year, end quote. And that is from Aaron Boone. Now, wait a second. <laughs> we just talked about how New York sports fans are really smart, right? Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was benched for game one of the ALDS, for example. If he was so excellent defensively, and if he was in the top part of the league in shortstop, and he had a really good defensive year, then why was he benched in the most important series through that point? It doesn't make any sense. He's so excellent that the way he helps the Yankees team in the postseason is by sitting on the bench. Stop it. I I never want to see number 12 at shortstop at Yankee Stadium again. And how easy was that to see that he was all along a stopgap shortstop. I had callers uh, and I had Twitter warriors, keyboard warriors on Twitter killing me for that take earlier in the year. Where are you now? You know what? I know you're not going to call because the rebuttal is he was benched during the postseason for a rookie. So if you're looking for answers from this Yankee press conference or if you're looking for accountability from that end-of-season Yankee press conference, I'm sorry, but you probably didn't get what you wanted. That's for sure. So free agency begins Thursday, 5 p.m., Astros in the World Series. Let's go. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called, Teddy and Yonkers, you're up first here in the leadoff spot on the fan. Danielle, I have to echo everything what you were saying. I was watching the game with my girlfriend, and I'm, you know, I'm saying to myself, "Whom are we kidding?" When you look in the mirror, you know what's happening with your life. You know what's happening with your teams that you root for day in and day out. Danielle, I'm 73. I don't know if I'll ever see a championship team from the Yankees before I leave, man. But Danielle, I echo everything. Cashman and Boone, they are at out of space, completely out of space. And I know that George is watching from heaven and telling him, his son, hey, how? Get off your behind. Sign Aaron Judge and forget the money. We have the money. I want to win. Mm-hmm. I want to win. That's the bottom line, Danielle. You're so bright. You're so astute. You should be general manager. You should be general manager. Everybody, you hear that? Call for Danielle to be general manager. Cashman, leave already. Stop giving us this baloney, okay, that we've come far and that we're pretty good. And and every time they ask Aaron Boone, yes, we, we have the talent to win. We have the talent. No, you don't, Aaron. No, you don't, Cashman. You don't have the talent. Look at what Houston did. Look at their pitching. Mm-hmm. Look at their clutch hitting. Look at their young players. Look how and they I don't put know the what ball in play. Is, Danielle. Let me hear what you have to say. Yeah, Teddy, you got it. Look how they put that. I'm going to add on to that. Look how Houston puts the ball in play. Look how they, they Jose Altuve watched him before go first to third on a ball, uh, uh, hit to shallow center field. Show me more than one Yankee that can do that. You can't. You can't. Well, Castro, did he even get an appearance on the base paths? If he did, it was in a minimal role. 
You got a healthy John Carlos Stanton. He's not playing in the outfield. You got Garrett Cole who can't work him. He's not allowed to work himself out of it. He's your ace for crying out loud. You can't let him work out of a bases loaded jam in, cr- in crunch time. Who's your closer? Who's your shortstop? You know, I, I mean, I, it's just, it, they're, they're not close. I, I can't believe this Yankees team got to the ALCS. I can't believe it. So many question marks. So many. And how about the black hole that's the catcher's position? I know Trevino just won a, a gold glove. Fine. But you got to have some sort of offensive catcher to compliment him. Higashioka is not the answer. I love the guy. He's not the answer. You had three guys in the postseason in your starting lineup that were hitting under 100. How do you think you're going to beat the Astros? You're lucky you beat the Guardians. Kevin and Camden, you're up next on the fan. What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm getting a little fired up tonight, Kevin. I, I can hear it. It's good, it's good to hear that passion. The only, and I, I'll tell you this. The only thing that tells me that I've been listening to that garbage, that that's what I'll call it, garbage, is it, it just confirms my thought. I have no confidence in the direction of that team. Yes. I mean, Boone and Cashman, Boone, when they said Boone was coming back, I, I, I read that and I just said, oh, I said the word because I was like, that, that well, shows they're not, they're not going to do, they're going to go by the payroll. They're not going to do any big moves. You're not going to see like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I told you this last week and I'll say it again. I think Judge is gone. I'm sorry. I know there's some fans holding out hope, but this Yankee team, you know, I just don't see them spending the money necessary to win. I don't see it. I see the Mets doing it. I see, like, the Astros. I see the, the Dodgers. I see the big teams doing it. The Yankees are operating like a, like, uh, a mid-market team. They're, yeah. they're like, they're like the Wilpons, like, they're, they're acting like the Wilpons used to run the Mets. I don't see the Yankees pulling off the big moves. And I'm sorry, there's so many holes to fill. You're just right about the catcher. I mean, Chapman was gone. I mean, the way they handled situations this year, the way, um, you know, when Severino was uh, they gone for the last couple of weeks, and, he, and you know, that thing with Cashman, when he said, oh, you know, I, I talked to Severino, but he wasn't, you know, and then Severino was upset about that. But Chapman going AWOL. I mean, the lack of transparency with the organization is a big big issue, and I'm telling you, it, it might deter some uh, players from signing here. I have zero faith in this organization, and I'm pissed, because you gotta, let us be frank, you have to, it has to, it starts from the top. You don't do stuff on top, you're not going to do well. So, I'm telling you, with those two clowns as, as uh, running the organization, I have zero faith. I'm sorry. I'll say it like that, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really hoping that Somebody wakes up because I just, again, zero face. That's all I got. Zero face. Kevin, you nailed it. I mean, yes. Yes to all of that, Kevin. And, and you know, and, and the one thing I will say is I did like how they handled the role of Chapman. You're not going to show up to, to a workout? Then you know what? See ya. I agree with that. No, but I'm saying they have, they really have to. I just think the communication is poor. And you mentioned, you forgot one thing about uh, Donaldson. He smiles after a strikeout. Oh, I mean, yes. this guy's an idiot. Oh, yes. I mean, and you have to try to move on from Hicks is another problem. Oh, I mean, yeah. I could even go over and over with this. And yep. Rito's going to decline his options, so he's probably gone. What are we going to do? Because I don't know what we're going to do. 
Kevin, I'm just trying to add. Know. I'm just trying to add something up right here, real quick. So, yep. Josh Donaldson accounts for 15.56 percent of the Yankee payroll. Aaron Hicks, who you wow. also just mentioned, accounts for 7.99 percent. Together, I'm gonna I'm gonna round up here. Mm-hmm. They account for 24 percent of the Yankees' payroll. The two of them, the two bums, account Dang. for 24 percent of the Yankee and, payroll. And next you year. got and you got Tyone. Not you know he's going to be a free agent, mm-hmm. so you need to add pitching. What are you going to do? Because who the heck are they going to sign? Degrom's not going to be. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. I saw there was a thing on the New York Post. Oh, potentially, oh, the Yankees could spend big with Diaz and the Gr- now. But first off, Diaz and Degrom are not going to the Yankees. Let's get that. Like, what are the Yankees going to do? What are they going to do? Because I don't know what they're going to do. And that's the frustrating thing. The, 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 the guys who are supposed to be your leaders, the manager, Bone, and the freaking GM, who's freaking um, Steinbrenner's son, for goodness sake. Yeah. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? I don't have any faith in them. As he's calling, you know he's going to run circles around them. He's going to run circles. And he's going to show, you know what? It's going to be a Mets town. I'm telling you, it's going to be a Mets town for the next 20 years. Because this organization is so inept. I mean, it's just, oh, you believe it. But you believe you, we just Frustrate. used inept and the New York Yankees in the same sentence, Kevin. Thanks for the call there. Uh, before I, I send this to break, I, I did another, some more math. Uh, I'm on the website Spot Track, and Kevin mentioned the payrolls and the luxury tax and all that, right? Operating like a mid market team, which they are. Okay. So the 2023, according to Spot Track here, the 2023 tax threshold. Uh, you know, for for a club, is $233 million, okay? As it stands right now, you know, with Chapman off the roster, with Judge off the roster, the Yankees have the ninth highest total payroll in the league without guys like that on the roster, right? So if the luxury tax threshold is $233 million, and they are, they are uh, their active payroll is 100, and I'm going to round up, $135 million, do some math, Yankees have $98 million to play with, you know, in, in a single season to stay under that tax threshold or, or that basically hard salary cap that House Steinbrenner has turned it into. $98 million. That's like, what are you going to give Aaron Judge? 35 And then what? I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a, uh, Sticky situation, that's for sure. And you know what? I, I had one more um, takeaway from the Yankees' uh, season-ending and whatever you want to call it, press conference. You know, uh, Kevin said about the hope for the future, you know? Brent Cashman is staying. I mean, like, yikes. I'm Daniel McCartan. We will discuss the lifetime job security for Brian Cashman next here on The Fan at 877-337-6666. The Giants are back, and Tiki and Tierney want to get you ready for the next game. The first official Tiki and Tierney tailgate. Holy cow! Sunday, November 13th at Reds by the Stadium. The tailgate starts at 10 a.m. and goes until noon. Hang with Tiki and Tierney before the Giants take on Houston. Brought to you by your local Mazda dealers. Make the city your stage. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for the best odds and favorable prices. Grubhub. Go for Grubhub. The first annual Tiki and Tierney tailgate. Sunday, November 13th at Reds by the Stadium. Your official tailgate station. The Fan. 1019 FM and the free Odyssey app. Is your job recession-proof? 
Now might be the perfect time to switch careers and become an IT professional with My Computer Career. IT is listed as one of the top recession-proof professions. You could have your dream job in just months, not years. No experience needed. Take classes online or on campus, and financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Did you hear about Taco Bell's apology? Yeah, they apologized for going too far with their breakfast. Like the naked egg taco and chicken biscuit nachos? It was too much. All you need in the morning is tasty, simple food. Like the breakfast crunch wrap. Fluffy eggs, melty cheese, sausage, crispy hash browns, wrapped in a warm tortilla. Or as some call it, a breakfast crunch thing. Grab one today, only at Taco Bell. At participating U.S. Taco Bell stores during breakfast hours only until 11 a.m. While supplies last, contact local store for hours and participation, which vary. It's time to scratch it rich at Empire City Casino. The $1.2 million extravaganza is going on now through November 26th. Thousands of winners will scratch their way to win a share of $1.2 million in cash, trips, gifts, and a brand new Audi Q5. Drawings are on Saturdays from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. One winner will drive off in an Audi Q5. More prizes, more ways to win, only at Empire City Casino. Must be 18 years of age or older to play New York lottery games. Please play responsibly. Town Fair Tire is Connecticut's largest name brand discount tire dealer. We give you the guaranteed lowest prices on all name brand tires and honor all manufacturers' rebates. We even honor our competitors' rebates. With over 100 stores from Connecticut through New England and an inventory of over 600,000 tires, you'll always get the right tire at the guaranteed lowest price. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody! Name brands at discount prices. Town Fair Tire. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing. Together millions of things for our planet. Thinking of having turkey for the holidays? Make sure to buy one that was humanely and ethically raised. One of the best options is to buy a turkey direct from a local farm. If that's not an option, look for turkeys that are labeled either USDA organic or certified humane. Be wary of terms like natural, cage-free, and no hormones, as these terms aren't regulated. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a hundred things, a thousand things, a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? At your local Kia dealers, discover what happens when rugged capability meets true performance. It is the perfect balance of quality, dependability, power, and style. Learn more at Kia.com. Kia, movement that inspires. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. In New York City. You know, as I was driving in, I have to make this one point before we talk some more Brian Cashman. I I was driving in, and I I almost tweeted it, but obviously I'm driving, right? So, it's November 6th now, and it's still 66 degrees out at this very second. Do you know how many fleece and flannels and jackets and coats I saw while I was driving in? I mean, people are dressing for the calendar date and not the temperature. That is like a major pet peeve of mine. Major. I don't know. I just felt like I, I just wanted to share that with you. Because every red light I got, I looked over to the side, and there's people wearing flannel shirts. Like, what? Are you sweating? <laughs> Aren't you hot? Oh, my God. Check the temperature. Man. 
Anyway, t- check the temperature. Check the temperature of this Yankees team. Is Brian Cash, was he alive during that press conference? I mean, where was the fire? I said this once before. Where's the grinta? That's an Italian word. Like, the energy, the, the passion. I think it was, uh, you know, I had people coming in and out of my room at this point. When I when Boone, I, I, I listened to every single word. Cashman, there were people coming in and out. I had to talk to this person and whatever, send that email. So I, I think it was the first question. I think it was the first one to, to Brian Cashman. And my apologies if it wasn't. But it was it was a question that was posed to him Friday afternoon. And it was, someone asked, I don't know who it was either, so I'm sorry. But someone directly asked about Brian Cashman's future with the organization. And he said his contract expired on Halloween uh, on the 31st. So essentially he's been working without a contract since then. Brian Cashman had, had, uh, had, had this to say. Do you have a new contract for yourself? Uh, I do not. Um, I have had a brief conversation with house Steinbrenner. So my contract expired October 31. Um, <clears throat> you know, he said, we'll, we'll obviously talk and he expressed interest in having me back. Of course, I'd like to stay, but we have not had any further discussions on that. Obviously, dealing with a lot of other employment stuff, you know, with other people, but um, all in due time. So we'll see, you know, how that plays out. But obviously, I'd love to stay and, and uh, you know, he's expressed interest in having me stay. So that's all I can tell you so far. Oh, yeah, that audio courtesy of SNY as well. Um, he also said, quote, I don't take anything for granted. I'm not here to assume anything, but I've been working for the franchise for a long time. Clearly got a lot of respect and relationships. I'm honored to be part of the Yankee family. You know, I I hate to tell you this. We've talked about it. Everybody knows this. Brian Cashman is coming back. We here talk about it once a week. A, the guy's last name is practically Steinbrenner. They're never going to fire him until he quits or retires. B, they would not have marched him out there to do that and to talk about the future of the New York Yankees if they weren't rehiring him. I mean, C, that's it. So, in conclusion, Brian Cashman will will be back. Get used to it. So, same old, same old, unless we can use this station to tell him what you want. And number one, as I've been professing here for quite some time, is to shift the mentality at the plate. Stop with the long ball or nothing. It doesn't work in the postseason. And Cashman said in the press conference that, this is a quote, limiting strikeouts is an area of interest. An area of interest? I'm like shaking the micro. An area of interest? It should be the only interest. This team did not hit in the postseason because the lineups weren't constructed to. So an area of interest is to limit the strikeouts. Oh, my God, I can't. I can't take it. 877-337-6666, the order that you called down to Florida. And, Mike, you're up on the fan. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing tonight? All right, how are you, Mike? Um, I'm okay. Uh, I I I just want to echo all of the anger of the first few callers. I I can't take it no more. He's got to go home. Mm-hmm. It, it's enough's enough. Listen, yep. I I understand that. I understand that Hal loves him. Maybe the problem is Hal. Could be. I, I just don't get it anymore. Hal doesn't have the nerve to fire him. That's right. That I believe to be correct. Yes. 
You know, and, and you were just talking about contact hitters, and I love that theory. But when you bring in one contact hitter and you, and you sandwich in between a strikeout machine mm-hmm. and another strikeout machine, mm-hmm. what do you end up with? You end up with a man on first base and three outs. Yeah, and Aaron Judge batting first for crying out loud. The guy who, and look, who, who I'm ready the... to let him walk. I'm ready to let him walk. Really? I think they got to blow the whole thing up. I, I think it was you I talked to a few weeks ago, even before the even before the Astros sweep. I said Cashman is stale, mm. and I think yes, you I said that. to me that that's a great adjective. Yep, I remember that call. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, en- enough's enough, man. Come on, we 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 got to We everything's got to be flipped over. But and I'm looking at I'm looking at the Yankee payroll, right? You've got Josh Donaldson, who they who Brian Cashman paid fifty million dollars for him and Isaiah Kiner Falefa to come over the both of them. Okay, he he's making twenty one million dollars next season. He's a bust. Aaron Hicks, he's making eleven million dollars. He's an even Girl, bigger I love, bust. I loved that you just brought that that number up that you said between Donaldson and yeah. Hicks. 24 25 percent 20, 24 20 I thought you rounded up I'm sorry yeah no it's okay 25 percent ridiculous that's ridiculous <laughs> I mean it's, it's it's absolutely disgusting I I, I want to see an infield of Rizzo Cabrera Volpe and Peraza next year and 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 listen I'll I'll, I'll suffer through three years of losing seasons I'm Just w- to see a winning season down the road. Yeah, I- I'm wondering what you do at Lemayhu because he's making 15 million, 11 percent. Oh of payroll. Jesus! I-, I I hear you. No, no. no. Well, then out. maybe you put then maybe you put Cabrera in in yeah, left field and yeah. and 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 Lemayhu at third. I I don't know, but I'm tired of cash. Let's get back to Cashman. Yep. I'm tired of the trades with Pittsburgh and Oakland to bring in much. You knew. I, 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 you sound like you listen to the show a lot. I knew that Frankie Montas was going to be a bust, the biggest bust going. I was like, "Don't do it! Don't do it. you know? You heard me." And they yep, did it anyway. Well, but but at the same time, what 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 I have a bigger problem with is doesn't Cashman listen? What what did Montas make? Three starts with the Yankees this year. Doesn't Cashman do his due diligence? I know I did, and I came up with the answer no on him. <laughs> so I don't know. No, I, I, I mean, look, look, not not just in talent. I mean in in health. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I do. And, and Cashman's just got to go. And if he, he if he had any kind of love for this franchise, yeah, he would he would bow he out would step himself. Down. Yeah, yeah, he would step down because it's just time to go i mean 24 years whatever the hell it is enough's enough yep i haven't seen and thanks for the call there mike the yankees haven't seen a world series since 2009 the mets played in one in 2015 astros and played in 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 six of them in in the past four out of six what was it what did i say before and by the way i just want to make sure we're we're operating with the same numbers here Frankie Montas started eight total games for the New York Yankees this season. Eight regular season games. In those eight regular season starts, ERA of 
five. Oofa. Uh, Marty in Westchester was up next here on the fan. Go ahead, Marty. Yes, good morning, Danielle. Yeah, I listened to the press conference like a lot of Yankees fans did yesterday. I was completely turned off by mm-hmm. it. First of all, uh, Cashman is singing the praises of uh, Isaiah Kanakalapa's defense. Maybe I don't know sick. what he was looking at. I mean, there's just no way he comes back next year at shortstop. Uh, and then Boone um, makes a quote, I believe, uh, something to the effect that he still thinks that uh, Josh Donaldson still has it in him to, to be a very protect, productive offensive ball player. Yes. He's washed up. Yep. I mean, he won the MVP seven years ago. Yep. Uh, that that was then. This is now. He was awful this year at the plate. Marty, I got okay, the, I got he the was fine right defensively, yeah. but... Yeah, you know, I, mean, I got on. the quote. Uh, Boone said about Donaldson. I typed this one up too because this one flabbergasted me as well. He said, "I think he was better than what he showed this year." I, no, I think he is better than what he showed this year physically. I think he's had enough in there on the offensive side to to become really productive. Like what? No, absolutely not. He said, "I just feel and, like um, he never got on track and and on that extended hot streak." It took yeah. him a whole season. I mean, he can get on a hot streak the whole season. I mean, come on. No, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I like what I saw from. I mean, obviously it's a small sample, but I like what I saw from uh, Oswaldo Peraza in September. Mm-hmm. I think he should be given every opportunity in spring training to be the starting shortstop yes. next year. Yes, but you know what though, Marty? You know what? What, what makes me think that he might not? Is because they have like double and tripled down on the defensive guru Isaiah Kiner Falefa that, that that he he might not be given that opportunity, unfortunately. Because then they would have that to would admit that they were mistake. wrong. That would be a big mistake. That would be a big mistake. Yeah, but that then they would have to admit that they made a mistake. I don't think. I mean, how many years did they not admit the mistake with Gary Sanchez? He lasted one one year, I think it was on on the Minnesota Twins. Like what? They, that was In reality, mistake. they should have just released Gary Sanchez, what yeah. they brought back from, really, and kept Urshela at third base. Yeah, but Marty, the point, the point I'm making, yeah, the point I'm making, and by the way, I'd rather have Urshela than Donaldson any day, but you know you had to, they had to throw them in there to make the, to make that deal. But what I'm trying to say is, like, the Yankees, and Brian Cashman in particular, will not come out there and say, listen, I made a mistake. He'll try to make it work, and he'll try to make it work, and the team will suffer in the interim. He's very stubborn. Yes. He has a one-track mind. That that that's his. Uh, I mean, that that's his downfall, really. Yep. And again, the fact that they haven't even been in a World Series in 13 years is just, is just a disgrace at yep. this point. And now that the World Series is over, they better uh, settle down and, and talk money with uh, Aaron, Aaron Judge. Yep. The clock is on now. Yep. And, and you know what, Martin? Thanks for the call there. Uh, listen, I, I know Aaron Judge. Like, there's two sides to this. Aaron Judge, the the player, is going to try to get it, as many years as he deserves and how many how many dollars he deserves. And the Yankees are going to try to do their best to, to do it in the most cost-effective way as possible. Okay, that's it. That's the scenario. However, if you're the Yankees, you can't start building a team until you know what Aaron Judge does. You know? So... Maybe just walk in there with an offer that's going to blow him away, make him a Yankee for life, yada, 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 and then start to construct your team around that because I don't see the Yankees making any moves until he signs, whether it's with them or another team. So hopefully that happens fast. I don't think it's going to. This is going to be a real cool hot stove, I think, especially in the early goings. And you know what else? 
talking about. You know what? Let, let's continue with this. Let, let's continue with the Aaron Boone talk, with the Brian Cashman talk. Uh, you know, Boone is just following orders, it seems. And and Cashman, you know, you could say you have, you, you know, he, what do you say about the exp- explanations? You can have an explanation for any decision that you make. Yeah, they point to numbers. You can make stats, you know, prove, you know, talk about anything you want them to talk about. You can. You could look at Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and he had 15 errors this year. You could also look and point out that he was in the top couple, top eight, I think, or seven in defensive runs saved as for shortstops this year. So, you know, you could you could pick a stat to to, to support your, your position in either way. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're picking stats to say, like, yes, this worked for us. This is why it's worked. And, and there's no accountability. There's no it's, – it's in the numbers. Period. Stop. I'm Daniel McCartan with more of your calls at 877-337-6666. Home of Tiki and Tierney, 10 to 2. Or are they as good as they think? Could they take one of those guys and trade them or multiple players for a, a young star that's already established in Major League Baseball? The Fan on 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Get it now. When you support City Harvest, you do more than just provide hundreds of millions of pounds of food to millions of hungry New Yorkers. When you support City Harvest, you feed good. Support us at cityharvest.org. If you're looking for the best way to save on home heating costs, it's time to call Petro Home Services. Switch now and get $125 free heating oil or propane. Petro also has the deal you need to save even more on energy costs. Get a new heating system with $0 down and as low as $99 a month for qualified customers. Switch to Petro now to save more on heating costs and stay for the best-in-class service you'll enjoy all winter. Visit Petro.com or call 1-888-PETRO-02 today. Propane not available in all areas. Hey, Connecticut, if you want name brand tires at the guaranteed lowest price and the most free services, then get to Town Fair Tire because nobody beats a Town Fair Tire deal. Nobody. At your local Kia dealers, discover what happens when rugged capability meets true performance. It is the perfect balance of quality, dependability, power, and style. Learn more at Kia.com. Kia, movement that inspires. Is your job recession-proof? Now might be the perfect time to switch careers and become an IT professional with My Computer Career. IT is listed as one of the top recession-proof professions. You could have your dream job in just months, not years. No experience needed. Take classes online or on campus. And financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Did you hear about Taco Bell's apology? Yeah, they apologized for going too far with their breakfast. Like the naked egg taco and chicken biscuit nachos? It was too much. All you need in the morning is tasty, simple food. Like the breakfast crunch wrap. Fluffy eggs, melty cheese, sausage, crispy hash browns, wrapped in a warm tortilla. Or as some call it, a breakfast crunch thing. Grab one today, only at Taco Bell. At participating U.S. Taco Bell stores during breakfast hours only until 11 a.m. While supplies last, contact local store for hours and participation, which vary. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. I got a 
tell you. Hi, everybody. I'm Julianne McCartan with you till this second 2 a.m. hour. So we're going till 1, and we're going to 2, and then we're going back to 2 on this Daylight Savings Weekend here in New York City. I got to tell you that uh, one minute ago, my watch prompted me, and it said, are you finished with your workout? I'm like, workout? This Yankee team has got me so fired up that my watch automatically detected my heart rate and thought I was exercising, okay? Oh my, I mean, what? I'm, try, I'm trying to find the words to say, where was the passion in that press conference from the manager, from the general manager? It's like this malaise that, that, that we, we witnessed on, uh, you know, watching on Friday. It must be the same malaise that's, you know, permeated through the, the clubhouse messaging as well. And that's just not getting it done. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called, Jonathan in Massachusetts. You're up on the fan. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. You know, I just uh, wanted to make sort of a maybe it's a meta observation, but it's something that I think is an interesting concept about what is, say, the fans' role generally as regards, say, their expectations. And what I mean specifically is even if it's customary for a fan base to be generally pessimistic, in what way is it self-fulfilling? And I noticed this because I grew up in Massachusetts, and I noticed uh, the Red Sox fans had this bizarre energy with their own team where they were kind of always expecting the worst. That's like and they, they, I think that's like Mets fans, yeah. Yeah, it's identical. That's why I'm so <laughs> – and what they said is they said it curses the Bambino. But first of all, why would Babe Ruth curse the Red Sox? He was, that was the best thing that ever happened. He had to be a Yankee. Everyone knows it because Yankee Stadium has the short right field porch. You couldn't have done it in Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. So it, why would he curse the Red Sox? I think what it was was they were – it was self-fulfilling with their own negativity. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's literally what the show Cheers was about. <laughs> that's okay. what the show was. It was, so, it was like right in everybody's nose. Babe Ruth is not cursing the Red Sox. It's your own negativity. Sure, that's a psychological concept of the self And I think, prophecy, don't yes. you think there's a little shoe to that with the Mets? Um, and it's an interesting point, because I know the culture of, of your radio station tends toward this kind of energy. But you know what I mean? It's What I, about I, George? Think, think about, like, George Costanza. Like, one day he said, I'm just going to do the opposite, right? I've never seen that <laughs> show. I'm sorry. And I know people are cursing my, their radios right now. I've never well, seen Well, like, the point is, George Costanza is a loser. He's actually Larry David. Mm-hmm. And one day he says, I'm just going to do the opposite of what I always do mm-hmm. because I always make the, and then everything goes well. So Mets fans tend to be negative for good reason, but in some way, isn't it like you're doing it? Well, I mean, like you sure, ma- Jonathan, I, I understand what you're trying to say here, but you know, the players play the game. The fans are in the stands and the players play the game. Um, and, and I will tell you that as, as, as an un- unbiased uh, host here on, on this program, on this, on this station, let me tell you something. There's really no Nets, Mets. Nets are another story, but there's really no Mets negativity coming from me, really. Um, and I know there's a lot of Yankee negativity. There's a lot to, to take out from this Yankee season that was really great. I mean, how could you forget Aaron Judge breaking the, the home run record? You know, the whole thing. And there were, there were some good moments to take away. It's just I think that the frustration for this Yankee team, I'm going to spin it back to that, is that it's just going to be much more of the same. And, and that's where the frustration comes out. Uh, Mitchell in Fort Lee, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. 
Hey, good, good evening or good morning, whatever one you want to say oh, it is. Good. I have to disagree with a lot of calls here. This is why I disagree. Everyone complains about Cashman, but let's let's put down facts for facts. In the first half of the season, every Yankee fan and everyone that was talking about the Yankees were going to have the best record in baseball. They're going to win 119 games, and everything was great. Okay, the first first half of the season goes, everything's perfect. Second half, the Yankees go, they do a they do a complete 160, and they and they they go from winning to losing. Okay, you can't blame Cashman for those problems. It's it, it's just if you want to blame anyone, blame Boone. Boone is just I never liked Boone. I called numerous times. I called every other host also. I say the same thing. Boone is the wrong manager for the Yankees. I wish they would have fired Boone and brought Mattingly in. That would have would have, I really thought that would have been a change for the Yankees. And but but again, they all complain. You want to Castillo, okay? But but what what Seattle yeah, gave not, up but, for him? But Mitchell Boone's not making that decision. That's Cashman's job. Oh, come to make on, that decision. You, no, come on. You're telling you're telling me that Cashman's calling every play. Come on, every call. There's no way he's not calling every game. When you you want to tell me he gives the lineup every day? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, I may agree with you. I don't believe so, but let's say he does. Wait, but as soon as the game starts, slow down. Oh, can I finish, please? But, but wait a second. No, I, okay. let, I'll go back. We'll go, let's go back. First of all. Luis Castillo. You just said Yankee fans want Luis Castillo. And you think that's Aaron Boone's decision to bring in Luis Castillo? No, no, no. Every Yankee fan wanted him. But the trade fan, they wanted to give – you would have had to give up Volpe. They would have had to give up half the farm system for him. So why would you – they didn't – so Cashman didn't want to give up the whole farm system for a pitcher. And you're going to give up five players or your top four prospects – for a pitcher, I was yeah. what, Mitchell. I understand. I was not doing that deal. So go ahead, finish your point that you were okay. going to say. Okay, okay. Then so let's go to Plan B. So after we went to after there, everyone wanted Montas. Everyone said, not me. "I want Montas." Okay, everyone wanted him. Not me. So then, what? Not, not you. Okay, that's fine. Me. That's fine. Okay, folks, so they got him. They wanted Ben Ontario. The Yankees asked. Everyone was saying, "Get him, get him for left field." We got him. Ben okay. Then he breaks. Then he breaks his hand. Then we lose our we lose our left fielder that was having a great year. He breaks his foot. Then Lemayu breaks his toe. He's out for the rest of the season. So you took three big parts of the Yankee team. You took a third of their hitting and you lost them. Yeah. You lost a third. Sure. Right? Okay. So so and and my my big point is that if the Yankees had the best record in the first half and Cashman assembled this team, he assembled it, I agree, he did it, and they had the right team there, then but then they go, they do a 360, and they go, and they, they, they go, they, they lose almost, you know, a majority of the games in the second half. How can you blame Cashman? The one you have to blame is Boone, because here's the problem. As soon as the game starts, even if Cashman gives the lineup to Boone every day, and he might, they might do it together or whatever way the Yankees do it, I can agree there. But as soon as the game starts, I, Cashman can't get on the phone with Boone and say, uh, Boone, do this, do that, do this. I mean, listen. Cashman or Boone or both of them wanted Judge to have the home run record, but they put the guy that is not a leadoff guy, uh, a Judge, and they and they let him pass first. You lost your you lost your leadoff guy. You lost two leadoff guys, Lemayu and and uh, what's his name, Ben, uh, ben, ben Terry. So you lost two. Right, thank you. I apologize. Okay. You lost your t- you lost those two guys. So it changes the whole aspect of the team. The only miss, and then then hold on a second. Then we said we had a catcher that was a complete disaster for the last two years. And I agree. So Cashman gets to gets gets Sanchez out. He brings a catcher, a defensive catcher that did a great job. Hitting wise, he was he wasn't very good. We all agree to that. He wasn't the greatest hitter in the world. But then he takes a third baseman. 
Okay, he gambled on a third baseman for one more year. Okay, fine. Mitchell, he gambled on a third baseman and, and, and a shortstop, sold everybody like as as though Isaiah kiner fluff is the next coming, and, and $50 million to do it. If I'm Aaron Judge, I'm sitting in that, that clubhouse, and I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm the homegrown talent. Why are they giving these two guys a $50 million that was probably earmarked for me? Yeah, but, 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 that, but that's, that's just – but again, how about this? You take off how, – how much money are we taking off the – the salary, uh, how much are we coming off the salary cap there? $76 million. There's your, there's your money for Judge. Give Judge six years, $50 million a year, and let's see if he takes it. That's a reasonable contract. I think that's, I think that's more than fair. Six mil, $50 million for six years. Would you, you think that's fair? He's not going to take that deal. He, he's, I'm telling you, he's looking for years. Mitchell, thanks for the call. Aaron Judge is not going to take a six-year deal. Sorry. He, this is his one chance to catch in. Cash in. One. He turned down. It wasn't in a longer contract that he turned down. Fifty million is, is, is lucrative, but here's here's how I would do it. And I'm no GM, but I've got logic. I'm giving him a you know an eight year deal, nine whatever you want, nine year deal, right? But I'm front loading the contract. I'll give him fifty million up front. Then forty nine million a year after that, and then forty eight, and then you know, whatever. But but the, the the idea being by the end of the contract. Should he become a player that is no longer productive for this team, it makes him easier to trade, easier for someone to take on the money. Because as as I'm sitting here on the computer right now, I'm looking at Giancarlo Stanton. He he's making thirty two million dollars this year, thirty two million in his one two three four five sixth year of the deal. So even if they try, if they wanted to or try or you know wanted to trade him. Hey, no one's going to pay $32 million for him. That's what I'm saying. Front load the contract with with less money on the back end so that you could potentially move him if if he becomes, you know, hurt or too old or just no spot for him. You got another DH, whatever, whatever the scenario is. That's what I would do with Aaron Judge's contract. Let's go to Douglas in the Bronx. You're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Danielle. Uh, yes, yours is the only show in WFAM this year that will actually turn back time and somewhere the singer share is envious because after all she did wonder <laughs> if she could turn back time. <laughs> uh, that's me tonight. You got me for, for the two one o'clock hours tonight, everybody. Just so Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a good song. Um, Emmanuel, we're gonna have to play that song. Uh, we turn back time by share. <laughs> There's Let's my daylight on. savings time joke for you today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great honor. Uh, so anyway, um so, yeah, on to lesser uh, amusing uh, prospects here. The Yankees. You know, you just think uh, the night Derek Jeter got honored. This is why we booed Hal Steinbrenner. We booed exactly. when Brian Cashman's name is uh, mentioned. It's because their organization is trying to insult our intelligence uh, with press conferences like yesterday, with, uh, with, you know, when Boone says stuff in the postgame. Uh, it, it's endless. Uh, we go on uh, when even uh, even during the playoffs, uh, it's 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 baffling. So anyway, there's a story I uh, I heard a couple weeks ago uh, from Joe Madden because he's uh, he's got a book coming out soon mm-hmm. called The Book of Joe. He wrote it with Tom Verducci. Yep. Maybe he'll join your book club uh, in the near future. I don't yeah, know. I, I but, have to. Uh, I was going to ask about that. Yes, uh, it's it's, yeah, it's on the it's radar. About to be re- yeah, it's about to be released in a couple of weeks. So, uh, so uh, but uh, one of the stories that caught my attention was that there was a, a a game earlier in the year when he was with the Angels 
that uh, his team, they extended the lead uh, late in the game. And I know what you're going to say. The, phone, the GM yeah, calls the down call to take Mike Trout out of the, the game. In the dugout mm-hmm. from the Angels GM, Perry Manazian, to set, tell him to sit down Mike Trout. And that's, he, he told Joe Madden, that's not a suggestion. That's an order. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Angels won. After the game, Joe Madden went to the GM's office and said, don't you ever bleep and call my dugout ever again. Mm-hmm. And then one month later, when the Angels had that long losing streak, uh, that gave them the organization the cover to fire Joe Madden. And uh, Joe Madden said it would have to be an absolutely perfect scenario to manage again, but not in this modern uh format where the GM uh, interferes. So that got me also thinking, because we thought we, we consider all these questionable decisions that Aaron Boone makes, like, does that happen? Like, does, do phone calls uh, are made to the Yankees dugout from Mr. Cashman? No. So, I mean, you, no. I mean, that's the scary part. We don't know. We yeah. will, I don't know if we'll ever know that answer. But just think of all the the, the uh, confusing decisions he's made this year. Uh, I mean, either he's inept because he actually has the decision-making control or he's just a patsy for Cashman or, dare I say it from a terminology from reality TV, uh, is he a floater? (laughs) Uh, Aaron Boone. um, But again, it's just so disappointing because Aaron Boone, he comes from a baseball family. Granddad's a baseball player, father, brother, um, so many generations of baseball in his blood, yet he has to base all his decision-making either by the book or what the algorithm. Right. Exactly. Yep. No, I get it. Hey, Douglas, before I let you go, I I wanted to ask you, uh, did you watch, are you caught up with the challenge? Uh, not fully, but, uh, I did, I, I did catch, uh, of course, Nani, uh, I'm, I'm, I got a couple episodes left, but Nani, uh, of course, she's teamed up with Bananas, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, he, uh, he did all the talking. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of floating, floating, yes, yes, but, uh, yes, I, uh, I am, I, I did at least start the season, I did. Okay, yes. so. Olivia, the girl Olivia is, is a friend of a friend, and I, I whatever episode they're on four, I guess you have to see the mastermind plan that she she concocts as a rookie. Oh, I love it! Gotta oh, okay. see it. Oh, great! I, I'm Tricks oh, the whole house. I'm so looking forward to this. Yes. Yeah, let me okay. know when you watch it. Yeah, thank, thank you, Daniel. And one more quick note because yeah. about the Yanks. Sure. Uh, speaking, uh, can can. All of us Yankee fans out there, can we chip in a, a couple of shekels so we can make it like like Green Bay owns their the citizens <laughs> of Wisconsin own their team, so we can have a community team. The Yankees can be a community team, and we can elect our own GM. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know, yeah, but uh, that's my only because uh, we're having election day this coming week. Then maybe think of that. <laughs> yes, right, we will Let's elect a different GM. Week. That's for sure. All right, Doug. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, Danielle. Now that's an idea. I thought he was going to go with uh, we can all put some shekels in for a uh, Aaron Judge GoFundMe page. That's what I thought he was going to say. Uh, but maybe maybe you're new. Maybe you're a new listener. Um, my, my my brother is owner of the Packers. <laughs> True story, though. Somebody I forget who. Somebody around this time last year, whenever they were having that sale, told me that you know. I heard you talking. DM me. I heard heard you talk about your brother. He's a Packers fan on the you know on the radio. Um, you know you maybe you know maybe you don't know, but the Packers are going to be putting up more shares for sale. And I was like, I had no idea. Great. 
So uh, it was like it was three hundred dollars. I think it was. I think it was three hundred, um, which is a, a, a you know really nice Christmas present. But I I went half. My parents went half. My brother is a one share owner of the Green Bay Packers, and he gets invited to the owners' meetings, and he never goes. He hasn't gone yet. I think was there two of them. I think so far. He sent me the the invitation. I'm like, let's go. He's like, no. Like, what do you mean? Let's go. Because he's allowed one guest. I want to go. I mean, right? I, I bought half of it for you. You're in, in the studio. I had him on TV. It's live TV. Uh, they just, uh, a couple minutes ago, they just defeated the Calgary Flames in overtime. Final score, 4-3. Oh, that's an ad. Uh, I was like, what does that noise come from? That's an ad from the score that I was just checking. Whoops. Uh, yeah, so 4-3, Devils over the Flames. And... Um, Zetterlung netted the, the the winning goal, assisted by Dougie Hamilton and Jack Hughes. So uh, just saying that because a little bit later in the show, I've got Ken Danico, a great friend of the show, checking in um, right here on The Fan. I'm Danielle McCartan, and here is a Pat Boyle update. WFAN, WFAN-FM, WFAN-FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. WFAN Sports Flash. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning at 1 o'clock. I'm Pat Boyle. Well, Yankees ownership seems to be content with consistent playoff appearances, even though they've won just one title in the last 22 years. Meanwhile, the Astros now have two in the last six years. Houston beat the Phillies 4-1 in Game 6 to win the World Series four games to two. Playing a rookie shortstop works well. Astros' Jeremy Pena takes home World Series MVP honors. Over at MSG, Knicks couldn't get a stop when they needed it. They lost to the defending Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics, 133-118. Knicks gave up 27 threes in the loss. Here's head coach Tom Thibodeau after the game. Going into tonight, I think you know, we had the, the best defensive field goal percentage. We were third in defending the three, and so we didn't defend it well. You know, and we some of some of the mistakes we made are very correctable, and so just had come back with a more of a determination to fix it. Knicks got 29 points from Julius Randle, 27 from R.J. Barrett, and a double-double, 22 points and 10 dimes from Jalen Brunson, but they've now lost four out of five and fall back under 500. Meanwhile, the Nets seem to be getting on just fine without Kyrie Irving. Rozier, a deep three on the left. It's no good. Run down by Rozier. Contested three in the corner. It won't go. Cam Thomas with a rebound, and the Nets with a stirring come from behind. Victory here in the Queen City. They beat the Hornets 98-94, and they win back-to-back games on the road. Chris Carino, the call right here on the fan. Nets trail by a dozen with just six and a half minutes left, but went on a 23-7 run to end the game, including some clutch shots from Kevin Durant. He led the way with 27 points as the Nets win their first two games without Kyrie. They moved to 4-6 and six on the season. On the ice, you heard Danielle say it just before, final in Calgary. Devils light the lamp in overtime to beat the Flames 4-3 and win their sixth in a row. Fabian Zetterlund, the OT winner on the power play. He had two goals. Vitek Vanacek stopped 27 shots in the win. Earlier yesterday, Islanders had their five-game winning streak halted. They were shut out Detroit 3-0. Finally, it's now Sunday. Giants are on their bye week. They're off later today. And the Jets host the AFC best Buffalo Bills for another AFC showdown at MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock. Gang Green looking for their first home win against Buffalo since 2017. 66 degrees under partly cloudy skies in Central Park, and that's what's happening. I'm Pat Boyle.
Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. on this Daylight Savings uh, weekend here in New York City. 140, or just around 140 is when Ken Danica will be joining the show. As Pat just mentioned, there's going to be a showdown at MetLife Stadium. And guess who's going to be there? Oh, yeah, me. In just a few very short hours, um, I'm going to the Buffalo Bills at New York Jets game at MetLife. And I already have. It's hanging up. Uh, a green number 99 Mark Gassinel jersey all ready to go and I, I think I think I'm gonna wear shorts I, I think at least for 75 degrees or I, I don't know I have a pair of jeans out and I have a pair of shorts out I don't know which one I'm gonna wear it's gonna be a game time decision um but I'm definitely wearing sandals I got a pedicure Friday after school it's a nice Jets green color um but this is just so crazy it's November 6th but I wanted to mention that I am going as a guest of, there's a Jets fan website, Jets blog. Uh, it's called Jet Nation. So um, they were gracious enough to let me pick any game that I wanted to go to. And long story short, actually a real long story short, I ended up choosing this one against the Bills. So we'll be hanging out in the parking lot, of course. I got some official and some unofficial business to attend to over there in that MetLife parking lot uh, tomorrow, or I should say in just a few hours. Um, but I'm just looking for a good time. Hopefully the Jets pull out a miracle. So uh, th- thanks to uh, JetNation.com. Can't wait to see you guys out there. And I've been looking forward to this game for a while. I mean, I tell you that 99 jersey has been hanging up in my closet door, I would say, for the better part of two weeks. So um, I'm trying to figure out. I, I will be, this is nuts, but I am going to be in the parking lot in the parking lot at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of sleep for me tonight. Uh, but while we're at it, too, if you're a Giant fan, I'm going to be at the Giant game the week after that. I'm actually going to the Tiki. You know, So I had or, we had already bought these tickets. I can show you the date we bought them. It was like a while ago, uh, this, this particular game, because so-and-so had, was on vacation, this and that. So we ended up settling on this date. Didn't matter the team, just this was the date for the Giants game. Uh, next week, and uh, so then I find out Tiki and Tierney are doing the whole thing over there at Reds, which I love Reds, and uh, so I'm going to go. I'll, I'll be there for that, too, so I hope to see you there for that as well. So, out and about, MetLife tomorrow for the Jets, MetLife next weekend for the Giants. Oh, and, and by the way, one more thing, if you missed it, the Powerball, the winning numbers, the Powerball was number 20 for, I guess, Jorge Posada, right? Then the the if you want to get your tickets out, the, the Powerball winner was uh, 20. The red ball was 20. Then you had 28, 45, 53, 56, 69. I got to tell you that I, I was the collector at school this week for a bunch of the teachers. 60-something teachers played for the second drawing. We had three numbers. We actually had three numbers. We had the Powerball and two others. Grand total, I believe, is $7. Let's not all sp- spend that in one place. Yeah, three out of the six. So, pretty cool, right? Uh, I don't know what my personal ones were because I forgot to take a picture of them. But they're on the counter at home. So, maybe I am a multi-billionaire. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to, uh, in the order that you call, of course, uh, Matt in the Jersey Shore. What's up, Matt? Hey, Coach. I'm actually on a like right now. 
and uh, have just passed MetLife Stadium, said a little prayer. So hopefully <laughs> you bring the JTS some luck tomorrow. Oh, I hope so. I hope, you know what? I just hope it's not a blowout and over by halftime. That's all I'm hoping for. Just a good game. That's it. Just something competitive, something that shows that, especially with Wilson, that yes. he's not still, not, not just making the same mistakes, but regressing. Because yes. we got to see something out of this kid, you know, at some point. Yeah, I, I just but, uh, I don't love seeing him fling the ball off his back foot just because and try to play hero ball. Like, enough that. Like, he was playing good, consistent ball. They were winning, and he tried to be the hero, and they started losing. So, come on. That's what I don't want to well, see tomorrow. Well, I think tomorrow. that's what he wants. He doesn't want to do the lame passes that are there for him. Yeah. He'd rather be the hero, yeah. and the kid's got to learn. you got to take what the defense gives you exactly. if you want to win games. So, exactly. all right. Well, the reason I called, um, I, I don't – I don't know how many years it's been, but I feel like I call you around this time, <laughs> at least the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and the first time we talked, you actually said, because of where I live now, don't fall in love at the Jersey Shore after Ronnie at, yeah. on the show. Yeah. You, you cannot be in love with what the Yankees are doing right now. Yeah. It is just painful, disgusting, disheartening. And... I know I called you as they were getting towards the end of the postseason, as they were about to fall apart. Danielle, everybody's pointing fingers. Everybody clearly knows there's a problem, except the three guys at the top. And the funny thing is, they sell this organization as uh, on their history and on, on their you legacy. Know, their legacy. But they don't act like it when it comes to continuing it, which is uh, an abomination. It's almost like they're doing something. It's it's and I don't want to. I'm not going this direction, but it's almost political in the way we have to analyze everything they say and and you know know what they're actually saying and yeah. know that they don't actually mean it. Yeah. Um. And to one of your points earlier, I actually heard this on the Michael K show. Um. They are talking about IKF and Donaldson and Hicks as guys that they support. However, Michael was emphatic about them. If they're actually going to try to move them, they're not going to bench their own product. So I get that, you know? I mean, but they, they benched they bench Falefa, Kiner Falefa in the, in the postseason. They did do it. They did do it. It's I, I don't know, Danielle. Like, you know Cashman. He does things that don't seem like they make a lot of sense. Boone, too. Yep. And Hal. I, I don't know when they just decided to stop trying to be the Yankees. But I, I don't know if they just started watching Moneyball and said, oh, Oakland does it. Why don't we try to save some money? But they are. And... I, I just, what gets me is, why is this fan base just accepting this as another, like, there, I've seen plenty of people say that all hell is going to break loose if Cashman comes back. I have yet to see anything. I mean, I have yet to see any fans show that anything from our perspective is going to change in terms of showing up at the stadium, mm -hmm. canceling any TV, uh, you know, no, it's, 
that's my favorite line. Everybody calls up here, oh, let's let's boycott going to games. Okay, really? You're obviously, it's like the stupidest suggestion that people can call up and say, just don't go. Yeah, all right, just don't go. Yeah, real, really, real simple, pal. You know? It's so silly. Yeah, but, but the point being that Yankee fans are fed up with the same old, you know, the same old of you know doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And, and it right. starts with, with changing the philosophy behind assembling the roster, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be changed whatsoever. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. Well, this, this Yankees organization has clearly has made it very, very clear that they don't care about winning at all, if it, unless it just seems to happen. And they wonder why, you know, with the way we were conditioned to expect that under George, that we're all pissed off at the guy that's calling the shots yeah. now. I mean, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Thank no. you, Daniel. Yeah, Matt, I get it. I get it. It seems as though... Um, there, and this is not groundbreaking stuff. It seems as though they are happy to, to get however far they get, like he just said, get however far they're going to get, and then that's it. Oh, you know what? We had a great season. Um, guys did good. Uh, made it to the ALCS. Brian Cashman, you, you forgot to mention you got swept in the ALCS. Did, you forgot to mention that? You didn't win a single game in the ALCS. You're lucky you got by the Guardians. That's what I want. I want to hear transparency. I was listening to a little bit. I didn't listen to the whole thing just yet. I'm gonna. I was gonna do that this week in preparation for next week because Giants are off this week. But I was listening to Joe Shane on with uh, Tiki and Tierney. How refreshing. How honest. You have to, like you said, decode with with what they're saying. What this Yankee brass is saying. Like, uh, it's just frustrating. It's just very frustrating. Paul in Floral Park. You're up next here on the fan. What's up, Paul? Um, hello, Danielle, my friend. How are you? <laughs> good, good. How are yeah, you? Give me a huggy through the phone. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's, I can't wait to see that uh, Mark Astonell uh, jersey. Yeah, that, uh, I'll post that up pictures have on. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You show us uh, your tailgate party. And uh, I'm going to be at the Sweeney residence uh, tomorrow. The, uh, boy, uh, my brother, Mark Bart's got a, got a special meal he's going to cook up. All right. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we'll, and we'll send you back. Yeah, yeah, we'll send you. Um, Hal Steinbrenner doesn't have the the, the guts to 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 be in the, that press conference the, the other day. Yeah, I that's, mean, a, that's a great point. Yes, I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, you, you, you're taking after his his father. Yeah, God rest his soul. I mean, oh my God, you know, I I I'm I'm, I'm I hate to say it, but but they're gonna go on the line. With with offering uh, Aaron Judge a, a, a new deal, they're they're not going to offer him the ranch. I'm sorry, they're they're going to lose him. I get that gut feeling, yeah, because yeah. I've been studying what everybody else has been saying throughout the week, and, and it's uh, it's that terrible feeling is coming over me. Yeah, they're going to lose him. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. you know why, Paul? Because you've heard time and time again Hal say that yeah. he is not exceeding the luxury tax threshold. And, and right. there are more holes on this team than just one single player. Uh-huh. So you know what? In my gut, too, he's not a Yankee next mm. year. Mm. Mm. Uh, but uh, I hope uh, they give uh, Anthony Volpe a, a shot in spring training. Yeah, I, I do, too. I don't think he's going to win it right out of spring training, I'll be honest. Um, right. He'll right. probably be what Peraza was this year at right. the end of the September mm. call-up, 
you know, when rosters mm. expand, I think. But who knows? Right. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, uh, what a dumpster fire. What that a mess. A bunch of circus clowns. Yep. Absolutely embarrassing. I mean, how can anybody root for that team? I mean, Kevin Durant, I mean, just shut your mouth and play your play. Just go out there and ball. They got to get rid of uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. He's a waste of time. They, they shouldn't bring him back. He's, he's get out. Just yeah. throw him in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw yeah. him in the garbage. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, yeah, I just um, had like right. a visual in my mind of just chucking a mini Kyrie Irving into a garbage can. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. A, you know what, though, Paul, and, and that's a great point. You brought up two really good points. Kyrie Irving is is a complete cancer to the team that, that you know to the team. Any team he plays on, he he burns it to the ground, and he's doing a number on this Nets team. I'll tell you that much, and the Nets fan base and and all that. You know, and I was on last night after that fateful press conference. I mean, last week, I should say. I was on last Saturday night, last week, after that fateful press conference. And I have to tell you, I would love to discuss Kyrie Irving and, and the things that he loves to, you know, to, to talk about and say and not say and all that. But for two reasons, I really don't want to. One, because that's what he wants. And two, it's because I only get a couple hours a week to talk sports. And I don't want to talk about Kyrie Irving because, to me, that's not sports. So, I, you know, anytime you mention him, it's like a lightning round. It's like, okay, Kyrie Irving calls, coming in. I kind of really don't want that because, uh, you know, if I had a show once once a week, you know, I mean, once a day for the whole week, you know, if I was more regular, then, then of course, let's do it. But I just don't want Kyrie Irving talk to, to just hijack my show, you know, the remaining couple hour, you know, minutes that I have of it. So, um Kyrie Irving, yeah, deplorable, all that, you know, all that. And the next thing, the next domino to fall. And you know what? There, you know what? I will say that there is one uh, update here uh, in the Kyrie Irving front. And I would also say too that there's got to be a um, a little bit of accountability on the on the form of uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, just a little message in the front, you know, disclaimer. You know, you're not. They're not going to take the movie down. They're just not. You know, so put a little disclaimer and, you know, whatever. But here's a tweet from Shams Sharnia. He said, uh, this is from like nine o'clock, so a couple hours old. But he said, uh, sources say the Nets have delivered Kyrie Irving six items he must complete to return to the team. One, apologize and condemn the movie. Two, a $500,000 donation to anti-hate clauses. Three, sensitivity training. Four, anti-Semitic training. Five, meet with ADL and Jewish leaders. And six, meet with Josai, demonstrate understanding. To me, that's easy. I, I'd be able to do that if I, if I really wanted to play basketball again. But again, I don't think the man wants to play any basketball. But that's it. You know what? That's it. That's all I want to talk about. There has been an update, and that's it. We're not letting this be a, a Kyrie Irving hijack show. Uh, okay, let's go to, in the order that you call, of course, Jim in Stratford, Connecticut. You're up next here on the Fan Jam. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Danielle? Great, uh, how are you? Good. Um, yeah, just take me a minute to get my phone together. Okay, so, yeah. Oh, man. These people. It's just it's exhausting. To, it, I don't even know. The last clip you pay, me played of, um, of Cat, was it Cashman? Yeah. Talking uh, yep. gibberish, or was that uh, uh, Boone? No, it was Cashman. That was Cashman. Yeah, that was like, 
I don't even know what he was saying, and I'm an erud person with a, quite the uh, extensive vocabulary, and uh, you know, I'm one of the learned people, you know. Um, but that was just a bunch of like, like, like high end words that didn't make any sense. <laughs> and, and let's let me let me throw all these words out there, and let's see if they can yeah. catch it. Yeah, yeah, that was really that was that was odd, but I can understand not throwing anybody under the bus like mm-hmm. in public or at a press conference, but mm-hmm. you could still be like, yeah, we didn't live up to our expectations or or like um and yeah, like I don't know. Just even being like, oh, considering uh even considering the guys who lost to injury, we still could have uh, done a better job and guys could have uh you know, had a better approach at the players. You know, they could have been a little more yep. specific with, with, with what went wrong. Yep. Um, but, like, the other, the other thing is, like, where – I got two, two, two things to, to ask you about. Where in the regular season um, was the turning point where they started losing? I remember talking to you – I think it was July. We, we talked about uh, – Brian Hoke asked a question about – I think it was July 9th was the line of de- demarcation, yeah. I believe. <laughs> And I know they lost a, a few um, like series in a row. Um, okay, July ninth. What was it? Somebody got hurt. Was it an injury that that started, um, or, or or a trade that started the the dominoes falling a little I, you bit? Know what? You know what? I think it was the trading of Joey Gallo. I I think that's what it was. And then people were like, see, they couldn't even do that right. They should have just kept them. They shouldn't have tinkered with it. I remember that conversation happening. Yeah, okay, something like that, huh? And here's here's the other thing. Um, with Judge, how – like, who may – okay, so, so you got Hal Steinbrenner. I don't even know what the guy looks like. He's like a ghost. I, I, <laughs> I don't even know, you know. I don't know how much influence he has on whatever. So there's Steinbrenner, and then there's Cashman, and then there's, and there's Boone. And from what I understand, Boone doesn't have much say uh, – of anything of, of the lion, I don't know what how much influence he has on anything. Who's running what? Does mm. anybody really know? Not really, Nobody right? Knows. You know, that's wait. But I'm going to stop right there, Jim, because in that same press conference, I did talk. At, you know, at the ALCS, I talked with some of the Astros beat reporters, and they know, and they have talked to the analytics department of the Astros. Uh, not the Astros players, the Astros reporters, and they've talked to the analytics department. Why has no one uh-huh. ever seen the analytics department for the New York Yankees? Who, right. Who's on that committee? Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, who's pulling the strings of the puppets, you know? Right. Um, and why are they but, not held accountable? Right. Sure. There you go. But here's what I'm thinking too: if Judge has so much power and influence, and like everybody wants him on their team, mm-hmm. and, and and the Yankees they obviously want to keep him. What if he uh, had some kind of uh, like, hey, I'll stay if if you mix up. Um, you know, if you get Can Boone or get rid of Cashman or just do something different or maybe even not not go that far, but what if he said something like, let's get away from the analytics or could we, you know what I mean? Like, sure. If he I mean, that he, kind he, of... Jim, he's a superstar. He would have the power to do that as a human being. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I don't think he has that demeanor. I don't think he has that yes. kind of constitution where yep. he would. I don't think he cares enough. Like... Well, I don't I think, think it's that. Enough, yeah, but. I don't think it's that. I just think he does, he is a player. He He's a player. He's mm. not a GM. That's what I hate about the basketball players. They all think they're GMs, mm. LeBron and right, Durant and everything. Right. Oh, my God. I can't right, stand that. Right. So, you know, I, yeah. I you know, I, I understand, and Jim, thanks for the call. He, and we have to hit the break here. But he, um, 
I understand that that he would have that potential pull, so to speak. Um, but you know, uh, not that I know him personally, but anytime I've ever talked to him, I don't, I don't ever think that he would even try to dictate any sort of moves like that. Um, but I will say this: I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. Rizzo's got an opt out. I feel in my heart of hearts that if Judge is not around next season in New York, I don't think Rizzo's going to be either. So the Yankees are going to have to look for a right fielder and a first baseman. That's just my humble opinion. I'm Daniel McCartan with you on the fan until uh, the second 2 a.m. hour. So about another hour and a half. 877-337-6666 is the number. We've got Ken Danico coming up at 140. So get your calls in now. Go ahead. The road to Arizona starts now. Boomer and Geo are headed to the big game. Every week, the guys will talk about which teams will be there. They're undefeated. They're going to the playoffs unless there's some sort of catastrophic injury to uh, Jalen Hurts. Presented by Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it. Key food. And by Optimum. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Do you smoke marijuana? Have you started smoking more since the COVID-19 pandemic? Have you thought about quitting or cutting down? Have you quit smoking weed before but started up again? If you or a family member does not know where to turn for help, listen closely to learn how you can cut down or quit smoking marijuana completely. The research treatment studies at New York State Psychiatric Institute and Columbia University Irving Medical Center are offering free, confidential, individual treatment for marijuana dependency. They are able to conduct their initial screenings by phone and are enforcing safe COVID-19 protocols for in-office visits. They are conveniently located in Midtown Manhattan at Columbus Circle. Don't let your chance to quit go up and smoke. Visit them online at freetreatmentnyc.com or call or text 212-923-3031 to learn how they can help you. Call or text 212-923-3031. Town Fair Tire, Connecticut's largest discount tire dealer. Because we give you the guaranteed lowest price and we honor every manufacturer's rebate. We even honor all our competitors' rebates. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. It's a long shot that you know all the rules to legally owning and carrying a firearm, but Long Shot Pistol and Rifle does, and we'll prepare you to do it safely and confidently. Come visit our campus in Secaucus, New Jersey. See if owning a firearm is right for you. Explore our state-of-the-art school, indoor range, and gun store. Welcome to your local community of responsible gun owners. Join us at Long Shot Pistol and Rifle in Secaucus, New Jersey. Learn more at longshotpistolandrifle.com. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. Planning a road trip this fall? Maximize your fuel economy by inflating tires to proper pressure and packing light. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? To make great whiskey, you have to do things your own way. Black and American whiskey. Born from the finest straight bourbons and rice, and finished in brandy casks that are pummeled with sound. Until a bold, award-winning flavor emerges from the oak, ready for your glass. Blackened. This is American Whiskey Remastered. Learn more at blackenedwhiskey.com. Blackened. 45% alcohol by volume. Bottled by Sweet Amber Distilling Company. Columbus, Ohio. Please enjoy responsibly. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
to pin in on that one. I always look wait for the music to come in. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan till the second 2 a.m. hour on this daylight savings time. Bunch of Yankees talk tonight. I did get a tweet from uh, Milanese Siciliana, and she says, thanks for skipping the Irving talk. You're right. It's not sports related. No, it's not. So that's that's why. So and she followed me. So you're new here. Uh, yeah, no, 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 uh, no politics. No, none of that. You know, it's 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 a major national story. I understand. However, it's it's not going to hijack the rest of my show. That's for sure. Um, but we could talk about how well the Nets are playing without him, if you'd like. I mean, two in a row. You know, they look like they look like a hungry team again. They look like they, you know, they fired their coach, unfortunately. Um, but Nash was never. I mean, I think he was part of the problem. I think Nash was part of the on the court problem because. The team looked uninspired. They just didn't, you know, they don't play any defense. And that comes at practice. We talk about it every week. You practice that at practice. And so uh, Nash is out. You know, a lot of changes have happened since the last time I talked to you about this time last week. Uh, But as far as that, we could talk anything basketball related with the Nets. We're not really going to go into any of the other stuff. Only, only, because I only have a certain amount of time, a finite amount of time with you each and every week. And I'd rather talk about the goings-on with the New York Yankees than... Um, have Kyrie Irving hijack my show. So that's it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Charles Hatfield says, make sure they pay you for that repeat hour. Don't worry. I already put it in. I did do it. I, I put in that I was staying till three. So they'll figure it out. They, they'll understand. All right. In the order that you called, Jonathan Parsippany must really love the Giants. He's calling in on a bye week. Go ahead, Jonathan. I, I just want to, I, I wanted to talk to you about it. And I wanted to, I had I had a couple instances with my friends where they were like Giants didn't do anything in the bye week or Giants didn't do anything for the trade deadline. Yeah, uh-huh. And I actually like it. See, I don't. I think that you don't like it. I don't. You know why? I think that they could have made a move for a wide receiver. Chase Claypool for a second rounder was the answer. Uh listen, I understand that, you know, the Giants, you know, that six that that record is is just you know, it might not be indicative of who they are as a team. However, if you're looking for the development of a quarterback, you got to give him someone to throw the ball to. I, I do agree with that. I just think that that I I don't want to put stuff on this year. I, get I don't that. think we have it this year. Yeah, and I get that too. However, if you look right now, the Giants are a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah, think, and, and you know what? Once you get in, look at the Phillies. Once you're in, who 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 knows what can happen? It's just I, I'm I was just upset that they didn't go out and get a pass catcher um, for for their quarterback. You know, especially a guy that they're trying to evaluate. And that's not to say that I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter. Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back, and maybe that's what they're waiting for. Oh uh, well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I've been I... reading a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? He was in the building last week. He was actually at the Giants training facility last week. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, he was there. Mm-hmm. So I think Listen, I it, think it, maybe it, that's why they stood pat. Maybe. If if that's why they stood pat, then then listen, I would agree with it. Me too. But I I I I, I like the fact that they stood pat because I think they're they're looking for the future, not for the present. I, I and know. I think, yeah. I, I think, I think Gettleman, error, everything they 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 thought they could win now, and they didn't have it. Yes, they met, they they didn't they weren't close to having it. Yeah, and convinced everybody that they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, 
No, Jonathan, I get you. I understand. I understand the, um, you know, um, the build for tomorrow. However, if you look at it right now, I'm looking at it right now on the computer. If, if again, the cliche, of if the season ended today, I mean, we're in week nine. We're in week nine, and the Giants would have the sixth seed in the NFC uh, playoff hunt. And the Jets, by the way, would be the fifth seed, by the way. So that's what I'm saying. You know, I would, and especially because you're looking to evaluate this quarterback. Who is he throwing the ball to? Right? That That's the biggest thing. That's why I would have brought somebody in. I understand, you know, you know, playing for the future and all that. A second rounder? A second rounder? I think that's a fair price for a guy that's going to really help out this team. And unfortunately, the Giants didn't do it. And that, to me, was a little disappointing, quite honestly. All right, in the order that you called, Mike and Thomas River, you're up next here on the fan, Mike. Danielle, Danielle, Danielle. You are so good on the air. <laughs> Thank you. I I really, I finish work right on time when you are on the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I just love to, just to listen to you. I mean, I, I don't call, but uh, today I say, oh, let me call because I like to know. Well, what uh, what do you think about the uh, the World Series? It just finished now. And, uh, what happened to the Phillies? Really, I mean, they were doing so good, and all of a sudden, boom! You know, two or three games they lost together, one after another. What yeah, happened I to think, them? Uh, I mean, honestly, I, well, first of all, they got no hit. That that was the end of it. I mean, that was the end of the series, basically. I just think that the Astros are that good of a team. They're pitching from their starters to their relievers. They hit the ball situationally. They run first to third. They take that extra base. I just think they are such a complete team that I don't think anybody was beating them this year. You know, in, in terms of the actual World Series. Win a game or two, I don't think anybody was beating them this year. And I hate to say that here on this radio station, but I think really that's just it. Well, you say that uh, this World Series in particular was in... Wasn't attractive for the majority of the people? Not here in New York. Who are you rooting for, the Phillies or the Astros? Mm, no, none of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I love baseball. That's it. Yeah, That's about right. it. I, yeah. Right. And I love Dusty Baker. I mean, they have videos of him doing, uh, they're supposed to be ice luge shots, but they poured beer down in ice luge for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it, was, uh, if it was the Yankees or the Mets, you know, and then uh, it would be different stories. But, you know, you got to give it to the Phillies. I mean, they came from way, way, way back. And they beat, you know, a very interesting team. Right. And, and they made it all the way up there. I know. And that's why I'm saying it. And just going back to that last caller, you get in the dance, you never know what can happen. That's why the Giants, they're in the dance. If the season ends today, they're, they're in it. So you never know. You just never know how this, what turns the season's going to take and where you end mm-hmm. up. Really. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, you're very interesting to listen to. Thank you. Uh, Thank thanks. you, Daniela. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. See that? Love that. I thought when he said when he said my name a few times, I thought he was going to say I disagree with everything you just said. That's what I. That's where I thought he was going. Uh, can we do? Can we do quickly two more? We can do one more. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, Chris, Chris in Rockland County. Go ahead. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. What's up, Chris? Uh, well, the thing that's disappointing to me, man, with the uh, press conference, it's like. Uh, it's like they think we weren't watching the games, yes. especially talking about 
IKF and Donaldson. Oh, yes. How great a shortstop IKF has been this year. And, of course. And, and defending Donaldson, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we watched the games. Donaldson was terrible this year. I mean, he played, played good third, but so did Urshela. Yep. And we treated him, yep. you know. Uh, and we, we would have got, you know, the same or, you know, just about the same production from Urshela and paid a lot less money. Oh, yes. A, lot, a ton of a lot less money. Yes. And it's like and, they are, they and, are the and smartest I, people in the I room mean, and not us. Yeah. I mean, IKF, I mean, they benched him in the postseason. That's right. How good, how good was he? That's what you I know? said I in mean, the open, yep. So, I mean, they're just talking about it like we don't know what we're watching. And uh, that's what's disappointing, you know. It's like, uh, I mean, come on, let's be realistic about it. Exactly. You know, uh, so, you know, hopefully they make some changes, but they should have been in that press conference and we're going to do whatever it takes to win. Yep. And we're going to know everyone is up for grabs. Yep. But instead they're defending two players that they suck this year. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I know, Chris. I know. I get it. And that, that seems to be the M.O. as of lately, right? And I pointed to Gary Sanchez and that whole debacle. He's not even on the Twins anymore. He lasted one season. One season. They, they love that. They love just defending their moves. Uh, okay, but we can resume this talk. We've got uh, Ken Danico coming up next, but I will tell you that I did pre-record this at 4.15, 4.30 p.m. Um, just a few hours ago um, because he had to go ahead and call the game tonight. So you'll see that he at one point says about their record that they won tonight. So just add one more win onto that. But it's a very fascinating conversation. Myself, Ken Danico coming your way next here on The Fan. Football season is here. The new Odyssey app lets you stay connected to your NFL team, your station, your shows. Follow your favorite stations and come back again and again. Get real-time updates on everything you care about. Miss your show? Jump back to their awesome rewind feature. The Odyssey app is NFL football. Live and on demand. Wherever you are, whenever you want. And did we mention it's all free? Download the Odyssey app today. Town Fair Tire became New England's number one discount tire dealer by giving you the absolute lowest prices guaranteed. And with over 100 stores from Connecticut to Maine, we'll beat anybody's price. Other dealers, we beat them. Warehouse clubs, we beat them. Online sites, we beat them all every day. So remember, for the absolute guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires, nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Do you smoke marijuana? Have you started smoking more since the COVID-19 pandemic? Have you thought about quitting or cutting down? Have you quit smoking weed before but started up again? If you or a family member does not know where to turn for help, listen closely to learn how you can cut down or quit smoking marijuana completely. The research treatment studies at New York State Psychiatric Institute and Columbia University Irving Medical Center are offering free, confidential, individual treatment for marijuana dependency. They are able to conduct their initial screenings by phone and are enforcing safe COVID-19 protocols for in-office visits. They are conveniently located in Midtown Manhattan at Columbus Circle. Don't let your chance to quit go up and smoke. Visit them online at freetreatmentnyc.com or call or text 212-923-3031 to learn how they can help you. Call or text 212-923-3031. 
With over 90 years of combined legal experience representing the law enforcement community, Decalator Cohen and DePrisco LLP continues to strive to educate police officers of their civil rights to sue in line-of-duty accident cases. The 2022 Police Officers' Right to Sue newsletter can be viewed on policeofficersrighttosue.com and provides successful results in varying line-of-duty accident cases. These results include damages recovered from RMP accidents involving the City of New York and civilian motorists, station house defects, ricochet injuries from the range, private premises slip and falls, sidewalk slip and falls, construction defects, snow and ice cases, and injuries emanating from defective RMPs. In any LOD accident, it is important for the officer to take photographs of any defects, injuries, or damage. It is also essential to draft the line of duty report and detail the cause of the accident in the paperwork. Remember, there's a 90-day time limitation to file a claim against the municipality. If any law enforcement member has a question regarding a potential lawsuit, contact Decalator Cohen and DePrisco LLP at policeofficersrighttosue.com or call 1-800-901-1529. Cars for Kids. Never worry about dealing with your old car again. Call 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS today or donate online at carsforkids.org for next day pickup. That's cars with a K. Your official station to talk giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome, everybody, back to WFAN. I'm talking with Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion, New Jersey Devil. Ken, thanks for joining the show. I appreciate it. How are you, Danielle? Good to be back with you. Likewise, Ken. So let's get right into it. So we'll start with the Devils, of course, uh, more in-depth with the Devils than any team here in the the tri-state area. But the Devils so far this season, they beat some quality teams. Was it maybe that third period rally to beat the Oilers that really put them on everybody's radar across the league? Well, look, I I keep everything in perspective and I understand it's only 11 games in. So you have to uh, take that into consideration. But certainly there's uh, certain times in a season that are, you know, measuring sticks, we call them benchmarks and the Oilers had been on a five-game winning streak. We know they got the two best players in the world, or arguably whatever, not arguably, in McDavid and Dreidsaddle. And to be down 3-1, you know, they'd had four wins, and it's like maybe the past, the inexperience, uh, uh, the maturity of the team, which has grown by leaps and bounds uh, from my perspective, these first 11 games, you can see that these guys understand that, uh, you know, you don't just – go off into the sunset quietly and say, well, we lost this one. We'll get the next one. And that maybe was the way it was in the past, but it's, it's learning to win the learning to win phase. That's been used a lot. That term, that cliche, it was true. And this year, these guys believe in themselves a lot more and that comeback, especially in dramatic fashion and getting the early goal from wood to make it three, two and, and believing that they can come back and then the two goals in seven seconds. Well, I don't think we could have expected that, but that's just the makeup of this team this year. They're certainly going in the right direction, and, and they just have to continue to stay even-keeled and keep it going. But there are certain defining moments in a season, whether it's early, whether it's middle of the season, late if you're still around and playing meaningful games. And this was one of them. Yeah, the One was beating the Colorado Avalanche. They had a few injuries. That's part of it. But the Avalanche are the defending Stanley Cup champions and shutting them out one nothing and getting a great goaltending performance. And there's no two easy points, Daniel, in this league whatsoever. So I don't care who you're playing. We've seen all the surprise teams already this year, whether it's Buffalo, whether it's Detroit. When we say surprise, we knew they were going to get better. The Devils thought they were going to get better. But their records show through the first 10, 11 games here 
So I, when you say, well, they beat some good teams or not so good teams, I look at it, you got to beat who's in front of you and you've got to beat good teams as well. And that, that was a hell of a comeback and a lot of fun, certainly for us calling the game. Uh, I think I tweeted, uh, how am I going to get any sleep after this one? And that's good because that's exciting. <laughs> and, and I meant it because we were fired up in the studio, just as I imagined how fired up the team was in the room after the game. Sure. You know, the Devils, you mentioned the goaltending and the shutout performance against Avalanche. They had the, the Devils had a little bit of uncertainty in the last season. So how much better has it been in the early goings this season so far? Well, look, we know how they started. Uh, you know, the season as a team, obviously, the metrics and the analytics side of it, the Devils have been dominating pretty well in every game. And, and obviously, for goaltenders where they're not facing a lot of shots, it's about making timely saves. That's as important as numbers. If you look at their numbers from goals against to, uh, to a save percentage, they're not spectacular, but they've still played very well, both guys. And the couple of losses, no, they weren't so good. They didn't get the support that they needed. But this year, the difference we've seen, whether it was Blackwood's three-game win streak, whether it was Vanacek's three-game win streak, and then Vanacek coming in and giving up a goal, the first shot, which was an impossible situation because it was uh, the high-flying Oilers in the middle of a power play. So they score first shot, but to see him zone in and focus and stop the next 18 and give the Devils a chance to win. We've seen that from both guys in the early going where uh, in the Devils' wins, they have made big saves at the right time in a tight game or a 0-0 game. That is all the difference in the world, how the game goes and the complexion of a game and momentum shifts and all those kinds of things. They've been solid. That's what you need from, from uh, your tandem. And obviously, Blackwood got hurt. We hope it's not too bad. We don't know that yet. But having said that, uh, Vanacek's got to carry the load for a little bit here. And uh, so far, he's been real good. And then that, that's just a good sign for the Devils. It doesn't matter how well your team plays and the analytic numbers can be great. If you don't get saves, you're not going to win the hockey game. That's just the way it is. But they've just improved in a lot of areas. And certainly with the shots for and uh, leading the league and shots against right at the top as well. You know, they've obviously played very well on both sides of the puck, and now they're finishing. Early on when they lost a few games where probably deserved a better fate, whether they didn't get the save, it was because they didn't finish uh, a chance or two for the goaltenders as well to get comfortable. So it goes hand in hand. Well, those two things are starting to meet up. We're talking with Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion, New Jersey Devil. Ken, um, which off-season acquisition would you say, there are many of them this season, um, has so far made the biggest difference on this team? Well, if you'd asked me at the start of the season, I would have said Andre Palat, and he certainly looked like that as he scored three goals in his first four games, just his winning pedigree, and he's still going to be huge. I know it's unfortunate to what transpired, and he had to get surgery better now than later because he's probably going to be coming back to the team, whether it's two months, whether it's six weeks, whether it's two and a half months, at the right time in the middle of the season where they're going to need his leadership experience and that Stanley Cup championship pedigree. Uh, he's going to be a key cog, but uh, right now you'd have to say John Marino. I mean, he has been not good, but outstanding. And I don't think anybody could expect that uh, when John Marino came over, we knew it could be an upgrade. He's a veteran guy, good, solid defenseman, uh, positions himself well, has a good stick. He's going to defend pretty well. But I don't think anybody could have seen just everything that he has provided and just solidified the top six on defense. He's been an absolute horse. He's been able to shut down top players. 
And again, I, me being a defenseman and, and watching very closely all the little things they do, he defends with his smarts and his mobility and his stick and a great gap. He's not overly physical. He doesn't need to be. He's just such a good defender and I can't, and moving the puck and he's chipped in offensively, which maybe isn't part of his game per se, an offensive defenseman that we consider or a guy that really joins attack, but he does plenty of it. So he is just a well-rounded defenseman. And I think he has been unbelievable, but all of them, Eric Holla, who hasn't put up huge numbers offensively, doesn't matter. He, he has been just a veteran guy that's made the playoffs nine years of his career. So he's played meaningful games. He gets it. He can teach these young guys. He wins face-offs. He won the face-off to get us back in it clean to Miles Wood, who buried it to make it 3-2 to start the third period against the Oilers early in that third period. Penalty killer, just a good all-around smart player, and the points are going to start to come for him. He's got offensive ability. But everybody too often looks at just statistics. He's done a lot. He's been a factor in the success the Devils have had through the first three games. And Brendan Smith brings grit. I, I love it. You know, a guy that just brings an attitude, and they needed more of that as well. So... I've liked them all. Like I said, John Marino has probably been a revelation that had the biggest impact early, but all those guys in their own way. Uh, I think Tom Fitzgerald did a tremendous job of adding key veteran pieces to insulate these young guys who he believed were ready for that next step. And he did that in the offseason by adding these guys. Nico Heeshear, at just 23 years old, is in his third year as captain of this team. What are his best qualities? And if you can compare them maybe to one Scott Stevens. Well, first, oh, totally different people for sure. <laughs> but um, uh, having said that, this is the best hockey I've seen Nico play in a Devils uniform. And he's played some really good hockey. And, and he's kind of one of those underappreciated guys, I think, around the league. Maybe not uh, moving forward unless you watch him on a nightly basis. Because you're number one overall pick, there's all that pressure and and everybody assumes, oh, you need to have 100 points or you need this or that. No, you need to win hockey games. And Nico Heischer is a complete 200-foot player that is the Patrice Bergeron of the Devils. I'm not saying he's Patrice Bergeron yet, but uh, what he's meant to the Boston Bruins and a Stanley Cup championship is second to none. He, he's a player that everybody loves, respects around the league, a guy that you know is going to be there for you. And Nico Heischer's becoming that guy and you can see it and his confidence is at all-time high he's creating more offense he's making plays but uh, he's a defenseman's dream he's a guy I watch closely away from the puck and he's always in the right position helping his defenseman out if they make a mistake if they get caught or if they get scrambling in their own zone Nico Heesh is that 200 foot intelligent uh, hockey player that just Everything he does, every shift he plays, he wants to have an impact, but that doesn't mean just necessarily on the score sheet. And that's conducive in what captains do and his preparation and just his attitude. He just wants to win games. It's not about him getting pats on the back, whatever it may be. And he'll get plenty of them if he continues to play the way he has. But you grow into that leadership. And now uh, it's a big reason why. He is, was named the captain at a very young age, and Brandon Smith probably gave him the biggest compliment comparing him to Nick Lidstrom as far as how he's handled himself as captain in his young young career here. And Scott Stevens, look, he was a veteran guy already. He was just a big, bruising guy, different game, different time, and he led by example kind of as well. That's the comparison I use. He led by example. Scotty wasn't as boisterous as people would have thought. 
he was uh, vicious as it gets on the ice. So he would change games by and leadership by a big hit, a big play defensively, whatever it had, whatever it took, and his work ethic and practice. That's what makes a good leader to me a lot of the time. And and that's kind of what Nico Hishu is starting to grow into. We're talking about Mr. Devil himself, Ken Danico on the fan. Ken, as you watch this team play from the broadcast booth each and every single night, day, night, whatever it is, um, what is one area that they need to improve upon moving forward? Well, it's gone pretty darn well these first 11 games. Again, if I go to the metrics, they played well defensive. They played uh, well as far as creating offensive opportunities and high danger chances and all those things that everybody measures nowadays. But you always can get better in special teams. The power play has been pretty good as of late. They didn't score against the Oilers, but you want to just continue that consistency of, of every time you get on the ice, you know you know what you're going to do with the puck before you get it. Uh, you, you're going to limit your turnovers. Those are all areas they can improve on. They know that collectively as a team. But as far as chemistry and, you know, how fluid they are and the interchanging lanes, just everybody on the same page, that's what they've got lately, and that's why they've won five games in a row. Whether it's Jack and Brad, Jack Hughes and Brad, who've got a lot of chemistry, Nico does with them as well, but they think the game at a high level. They they play with each other. They play for each other. Those are things I want to see continue to get better. I've seen that improvement uh, by leaps and bounds for this team, and that's why they, they've got the results they've wanted as of late. But you never take it for granted. You never get complacent. And they're saying the right thing. Stay even keeled after a tough loss. They're going to go through bumps in the road this season and probably some big ones. How do they handle it? Can they get out of it uh, easier than or, or, or earlier than they did last year or the year before? I think they're mentally tougher. And that's something you always continue to work on to get better. That they'll be able to 82-game schedule. You're going to go through losing streaks. It's how quickly you get out of it. And I think these guys are more of a mature group. The veterans are going to help that, that we talked about, Danielle, but uh, just continue to stay even keeled. And that's what you work on. You, you keep talking to yourselves. Don't get too high after. That's an exciting emotional win against your others. I was high as a kite. It's okay for me to be, but then you got to get ready for the Calgary Flames who are struggling, who's an extremely skilled team and talented team. That's going to be ready tonight. Let's see if they're able to bring that same intensity, same energy. And those are the things you, the little things in, you, you consistently work on. You know, Ken, a casual hockey fan will look at the standings and say, wow, you know, here come the Devils. Look at them. But explain to them why it dates back much longer than just this fast start in terms of, like, the building process of this team. Oh, the okay. process. That's a great question. Yeah, I just uh, didn't know exactly where we were going with this. But that's patience, right? I mean, Tom Fitzgerald and his staff, uh, you know, I, I think, and Lindy Ruff included, were. A lot of people, you know, I've been tough on Lindy. Thank God he's such a veteran guy. Uh, didn't take, you know, stayed even killed as well when they lost their first couple of games when we wanted improvement. We all want it now, including the fan base, understandably so, including the media, including everybody that says, well, they've had a lot of draft picks. They should be better. they should got to be better now. Well, we know they went through some circumstances last year with seven goaltenders and goaltending was a real tough sore spot and tough for them last year a lot because of the injuries, but because guys they had to use so often and that didn't work out. And I think that was a big reason. They didn't have a better season than they did, but there's a lot of areas we know they've improved on, but that's what Tom Fitzgerald preached when he took over as general manager, give it a few years. we got to develop these guys. they got to come together as a team. All those things mean something. Every time you hear that uh, chemistry and play for a team, play for the logo, 
on, uh, you know, on the front of your crest, not the name on the back. What do those things mean? It means that you sacrifice things. You're on the right side of the puck. You're not trying to go one on three, which they may would have because they're highly skilled young players. They may would have done, may have done that the last couple of years because that's learning what it takes to win. And it's, it's not from lack of effort. These guys are trying to make plays and do things, but you know what? Wrong times in the game and it's situational play. And when you're up four to two to, to make the spark play, doesn't mean you sit back. It means you dump it in. Well, they wouldn't have done that a couple years ago. All that's part of development, part of maturing, part of learning along the way to play for each other. And now they're getting success, getting wins, getting results. So they understand that, yeah, there's more to me just, you know, having one and two at the end of the night and losing 6-4 or me having uh, just a goal or one point. But we won the hockey game because I understood the time of game and we didn't need more goals or we needed, it was a situational play. So in a roundabout way, in that long winded answer, they've matured as a team and Tom Fitzgerald, I give him a lot of credit. He's done a good job with his staff of just making sure in the coaching staff that these guys understand it takes a lot more to win than having individual skill and having speed. They're one of the fastest teams in that national hockey league, but now they're moving the puck. Puck moves faster than you can skate. The Fords are getting it to our strength. And all those little things is part of the maturation and what it kind of has happened these first 11 games in their development. Like I said, where it goes from here, I keep in perspective. I'm not sure, but there's a different feeling about this Devils Club that these guys, they're tired of losing. They're t- <laughs> they want to do what it takes to win. And I preach to so many people that everybody looks at just the statistics, the goals, the assists, all that. I've seen many teams in my career, and even though the era was different, Guys have 50 goals a year every year, and their team never makes the playoffs or, or loses in the first round. That's why the Patrick Aliashes of the world and the McGillneys or whoever came to our team that was highly skilled doesn't mean you're trying to stifle them offensively. It means you want them to be a complete player because that's going to help you win more hockey and score when you can. But it's just that well-balanced attack and mentality for these guys. So I know I went on there, Daniel, but I, it's all going through my, pro- my thought process of how you have success because I was fortunate enough to be with teams, with a lot of success, a lot of great players that played for the logo on the front of their chest more than the name on the back. That means something. And that's what these guys are learning and starting to find out that you can have success. And I think they're starting to believe. You kidding me? The perfect person to ask about. This. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Danico is hanging with us on the fan. You know, the devil's made the playoffs once in the past 10 seasons. So uh, let's go. It's time. But Ken, if we could kind of zoom out for a second for the, to the metropolitan division um, as a whole, you look at the top of the standings. I mean, R- devils, Rangers and Islanders, all three of them are at or near the top, but from a whole package perspective, talent and experience and leadership and coaching and all of it, which of the three teams in our area is best as we sit here now a month into the season? Oh, that's a tough one to answer. I mean, if you're asking me going from last year, going into this year, regardless of their up and down start, it's got to be the New York Rangers because they had success last year. They uh, had some good playoff success as well. And they've got a great goaltender, regardless of the ups and downs, like I said, the first 10, 11 games. So you'd have to say they're the best team in the metro, uh, in the metropolitan area here and are right now. And it doesn't mean they've played the best as of late, but what I'm excited about, and I always say this, yes, it's big rivalries. Yes. Fan bases. We hate this team and that team. And I did as a player as well. And from the outside looking in and yes, being invested in the devils and covering them, I want to see 
all three teams have success. And in my lifetime, all three teams make the playoffs because then we got hockey at the forefront in our area. And all three teams are playing pretty darn well right now. Um, so the Islanders have kind of, you know, got things going in the right direction again after a tough start. Um, but it just makes for that much more exciting hockey because what makes rivalries is teams having success in our area. And uh, it's a coin toss. Who's the, who's the best right now? The Devils might have a point or two more than the Islanders and Rangers right now, but it's the big picture. Can the Devils sustain it? That's what they want, are going to try. And do I believe they're much better and have an opportunity to? Of course I do. I always believe, but they have to show that. And, and like I said, that's why I put it in perspective. It's early on. But it's going to be a fun ride this year because you can tell it's a different feeling. And now those rivalries between the Devils and Islanders, between the Devils and Rangers, Rangers and Islanders, should be that much more intense because all three teams have pretty darn good hockey clubs. <laughs> Makes my job a lot more fun, too. We're talking with Ken Danico. 40 years at Devil, Ken. A, congratulations. Um, and B, I don't want to make you feel old, but um, you've been a Devil longer than I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Daniel, first off, thank you so much because I was honored. I was humbled. I did not expect the Devils to do this. And when they told me about it right at the start of the season, I was like, really? And Pete Albeets, uh, who had gotten hold of me from front office uh, and Kayla as well, they took me aside and said, we're going to honor you for 40 years in the organization. I said, all that means is I'm old. <laughs> and then all kidding aside, they said, that's the first time I've seen you at a loss for words. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm taken aback and I'm grateful and I'm appreciative. It was just real nice. You know, I put my heart and soul in the organization. They mean the world to me. It's my family. Devils have been very loyal to me in return. And uh, to have that kind of honor it was just real special. And the fans, because that's what it's about to me, always has been. I was a blue collar guy. I was an in the trenches guy. I understood my role. I understood my skill level. I just want to be part of something, help the team win as a player. But whatever I can do in the community now that engages our fans, that's what I do. Besides the broadcast, because it's not just the broadcast. I do a lot of other things or whatever they ask me the organization because I love it. I love it here. I'm lucky the fans and me have a good rapport because, like I said, I was a blue-collar guy. I think they have that blue-collar mentality, and uh, it was a celebration for them as well. But it was just nice. But more importantly, on that afternoon, Sunday afternoon, Danielle, all I said to my wife was, they better but not lay an egg because everybody will turn on me quickly. And my son, who came out and surprised me and sang the national anthem because that's his world, just graduated Berkeley College of Music out of Boston uh, this year. And uh, so I was very proud of him. But that really kind of uh, brought a little tear to my eye, got me uh, a little emotional because I didn't know he was coming out. They kept it from me. It was a surprise. And you know, family's everything. And your kid, when he comes out and does what he does, just like me going on the ice playing in front of fans, well, to watch him was special for me. So it was a perfect act afternoon because they played great. I just wanted them to win. Don't lose on a night you're having uh, honoring me or a day you're honoring me and my son coming out yeah. because then, you know, well, we can't do it anymore, but maybe we should do it every other week if they perform <laughs> like that. It was a dominating performance in a 7-1 win. <laughs> but I'm lucky. I'm a lucky guy, Daniel. The Devils organization has been everything to me. They've meant the world to me, and I just, like fans, I root for their success. Yeah, I got a job to do in the booth, and when it doesn't go well, we've got to, We've got to say it like it is. But on the flip side, of course, I want them to win. I've been here forever. I want them to have success. I played on real lousy teams 
And I was part of the team that, you know, finally made it to the mountaintop. And, and I always believed that I told anybody out, listen, we're going to become somebody someday. People used to laugh at me in the mid eighties. I'm just grateful they didn't trade me prior to getting good because that's usually what happens. <laughs> oh no. Hey, can you know what? Can you tell the devils to please stock a, uh, a, um, a throwback Danico Jersey in the team shop? Cause I haven't seen one and I would love to pick one up. <laughs> I'll get right on that. Daniel. absolutely just for you, <laughs> but uh, whatever they do, it's, it's been a heck of a two-way street and and i hope i was going to say here's to the next 40 years how about we just go with 10 20 to begin with and then we'll see <laughs> because good. i am getting up there but uh, yeah it's been it's been fun but what's made it fun this year for me and all those nice you know the nice honoring on the sunday afternoon that i had to me it's more about their good start and i just want to see these guys uh, have fun play your hearts out play for the logo and on the front of your jersey and win some hockey games and they will know they'll find out there's no feeling like it when you have success as a team and uh, you continue to come together okay danico thanks so much and uh, i'll see you at the rock soon i'm planning on getting out there real soon so i'll see you then <laughs> sounds great great being on with you again danielle take care have a great thanks appreciate it the great Ken Danico. And here is the great Pat Boyle in studio with an update for you. WFAN. WFAN FM. WFAN FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. WFAN Sports Flash. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning. Turn your clocks back if you haven't yet for the second straight hour at 104. I'm Pat Boyle. They've eliminated the Yankees four times in the last eight postseasons, and now they have their second title in the last six years. The Houston Astros are World Series champions. They beat the Phillies 4-1 to one in Game 6 and win the series four games to two. Jeremy Pena, the rookie shortstop, takes home the World Series MVP. Back to New York at MSG. Knicks defense couldn't get a stop last night when they needed it. So the Knicks will lose their second straight at home and fourth game in their last five. Tom Thibodeau's Knicks do some great things offensively, but defensively outmatched by these Boston Celtics. Mike Breen, MSG, the final call. Knicks lose to the defending Eastern Conference champion Celtics, 133-118. Boston hit 27 threes in the game, neutralized three 20-point outings from the Knicks' big three. Julius Randle had 29, R.J. Barrett had 27, Jalen Brunson with 22. Knicks now back under 500 on the season at 4-5. and five. In Charlotte, the Nets storm back to beat the Hornets 98-94. Two games without Kyrie Irving, two wins on back-to-back -back nights. First winning streak of the season for Brooklyn. They got 27 points from Kevin Durant in the win. They moved to 4-6 and six on the year. On the ice, it's the longest win streak in 10 years for the Devils. Hughes will pick it up in the hash marks. That close to an OT victory for the Devils tonight. 40 to go in the man advantage. Here's Hamilton. Goes cross ice. Zetterlund scores! He blasts it home! Fabian Zetterlund with the OT. GWG and the Devils have won their sixth straight. Matt Laughlin, Devils Hockey Network on the call. Jersey hangs on in Calgary to beat the Flames 4-3 in overtime. Fabian Zetterlund with two goals in the win. Devils already up to nine wins on the season. 
Islanders were stopped in their tracks in Detroit yesterday. Shut out 3-0 by the Red Wings. Snaps a five-game winning streak for the Isles. Finally, football later today. Giants at 6-2 on the bye week. The Jets get their first crack at the Super Bowl favorite. Buffalo Bills later today at MetLife Stadium. Zach Wilson facing the number one defense in the NFL. Off the heels of a brutal performance last weekend at home. Head coach Robert Sala said earlier this week that Zach is better when he doesn't force things. All those throwaways, all those scrambles that, that got us out of trouble helps. That's making a play. And sometimes the best play is making the boring throwaway that he was doing a really nice job of over the last uh, for the last five weeks. Jets and Bills later today at 1. 65 degrees under cloudy skies in Central Park, and that's what's happening. A Pat Boyle. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Midnight here on the fan in New York City. Emmanuel and I were just talking about how we wanted to watch our clocks go from 159 back to 1 o'clock, and we both missed it. So, oh, well, we got to wait till next year now. Gotta wait a whole nother 365 days. It always feels like you miss something monumental when that happens. Right? Uh, They might not be doing it. We might have just missed our last chance forever. I'm still wondering, did they pass the bill to halt daylight savings? Because I know it was on the docket, but yeah, with a, not a sure if it pushed ones. through. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> don't even get me started on how many vacation days Congress takes. Don't even get me just started. Just because you have a bill doesn't mean yeah. it becomes law. Yeah, ridiculous. But if you're listening right now, it means that you, I, you, me, Emmanuel, we have all lost out on this extra hour of sleep that everyone seems to be enjoying. And, uh, you know, that was Ken Danico. And guess what? The Devils won again tonight in overtime. They are at the top of the Metropolitan Division, as in number one. The Islanders are fourth. The Rangers are fifth. And trending on Twitter at this hour of the early morning is Hal Steinbrenner. The phrase, Hal Steinbrenner. So get aboard, 877-337-6666. Uh, if it's the Yankees you want to talk about, the, par- the press conference from Friday. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit of football coming up. And uh, maybe some hockey. Uh, but Paul from Floral Park, and good for him, he brought it up. Why wasn't Hal at the press conference? And and I know that Steve Cohen wasn't at the Mets one. I get it. But I guess the point being that at what point, at what juncture, is Hal Steinbrenner going to have to answer some questions? Going to have to have some accountability? And, and at the very least... I know you might not want to hear it, but at the very least, at least Boone and Cashman did face the press. Steinbrenner has not. Not yet, at least. So my advice to him, just get out in front of it, man. Tell the t- you know, tell everybody, like one of the other callers were saying, tell the fan base you're going to do everything it takes to win. That's what people want to hear. That will smooth everything over and rectify everything. But where is the accountability? And also... Make that analytics department available, if it even exists. Make it available. Let them answer some questions as well. I think Yankee fans are just looking for a little bit of transparency and a little bit of accountability. All right, Josh in the Bronx held on through that interview. Go ahead, Josh. The floor is yours. I'm telling you, that was a great interview. Anyway, Danielle, um, you know, you're exactly right with the Yankees and everything, accountability. Hey, 
what was that day, July 9th, Aroldis Chapman, didn't he have nine straight saves up to that point, and then the floor totally collapsed? Mm. And, you know, like like you said earlier, Joey Gallo, Aroldis Chapman, everything started to go downhill from there. They had that big lead. They had... They had, you know, they had that advantage over Houston for the number one buy, and the roof just came crumbling down with the floor, and down they went. Yep. And, then, and not only that, you, you were talking about the Giants, about, um, oh, God, you know, Gettleman, he gave that extension to that wide receiver. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Which one? Uh, Slate or Shepard? Yeah, not Shepard. Um. Well, anyway, they they got him. You know, there was a lot of trouble. Oh, they traded it? him to Kenny Cleveland, Galladay? and you know he went to the Rams and everything last oh, year. Oh, Odell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got the experience now. He's more mature. Bring him back and sign him, because now when you go play your division, they haven't played. Um, Philly yet, the Giants. But, you know, this is going to be their test. If they can beat, if they can just get one win from Philadelphia and they still got those two games with Washington, they're all set and done. They're going to, they're going to get into the playoffs. They've got a chance for the Super Bowl. And the Jets also, if they can, if they can miraculously get this win today against Buffalo, mm-hmm. I, you know, everything is a shot in the dark. But like you say, anything can happen. Thank you for taking my call, Daniel. I just wanted to make this point. Yes, Josh. Thanks for, Thank thanks for making it. And you made a good point about Odell Beckham Jr. I think he turned 30. Well, I guess the date was an hour and 12 minutes ago. But uh, he is 30. He, he, ha- he, he has been in a winning locker room. He, uh, as far as I'm concerned, there were no problems at all with him in L.A. as far as his maturity and all that. So uh, as far as I know, I should say, um, maybe that – see, I, I would – like I said before, I, I wish the Giants would have made a move at wide receiver. But maybe this is the move. Maybe it's just the move in waiting because clearly he's not cleared to play just yet um, be, you know, because of the injury. So uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see. I, I, think, uh, I think he would fit this offense. Uh, I think he would be a good fit. I, I would just worry about, you know, in the beginning of the season, I was like, no way, no way. But then you look at what happened to this wide receiving core. I mean, Darius Slayton is the number one wide receiver. Not the knock on Darius Slayton. I think he's a good player. He's a fine player. But, you know, the Giants are, are, are in the postseason right now. They're in the playoffs right now if the season ended. They need, uh, they need a little bit more. They need a little bit just more. And, and Daniel Jones needs someone to throw to, especially overall, right? The theme of the season is evaluate the quarterback. How could he really fairly evaluate him when he's got, you know, these guys, this core that he's throwing to? So maybe maybe at this juncture, maybe it is a good thing to bring Odell Beckham Jr. back. We'll see. Uh, Peter in um, Ho- Hobe Sound? Is that right? Hobe Sound, Florida? Uh, Hobe Sound, Florida. All right. Where is that? Um, on the East Coast, okay. it borders uh, Jupiter and Stewart. Okay, okay. Because I, I just sort of, asked because I got cousins. call it the Treasure Coast. Beautiful. Oh, okay, yeah, because I got cousins on the West Coast. That's what I was asking. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm listening to your show. I love your show. Thanks. And as soon as you uh, mentioned that you had Ken Danigal coming on, I'm laughing. Why? I've called you a couple of times this year, and it seems like it's non-sports related. 
But uh, earlier in the year, you had a subject matter of encounters with uh, sports celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told you my uh, my Phil Rizzuto story. Yep. In the elevator at Yankee Stadium, and uh, he gave her an autograph. He said, "What's her name?" I said, "Julia." And he says, "He writes to Julia, holy cow, Phil Rizzuto." <laughs> and cool. you love that story, yeah. so. Yep. I'll try to make this uh, this fast with Ken Danico. Okay. Um, I spent 20 years in Randolph, New Jersey before I came to Florida, and my daughter went to a day camp in Randolph, New Jersey, okay. where Ken's daughter went to. Mm-hmm. So a, a very, very elite Beverly Hills-type camp that I couldn't afford, but that's another story for another day that mm-hmm. I think will bring a tear to your eye. Oh, you're a good dad. So um, um, my daughter's uh, uh, nine, nine years old when my wife uh, passed away, and we went. Uh, sh- uh, she went to this camp, and Ken's daughter went there. And this camp um, had like a welcome day for new campers, where they rented out uh, a, a funplex. Okay. And the parents all st- uh, stood in this room above. Uh, they gave you a breakfast, and I'm reading the newspaper. I'm sitting up there reading the sports section. And I'm reading this nice story. I'm a diehard uh, Ranger fan. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this nice story about um, the Devils retiring Ken Danico's number uh-huh. uh, in, in March of 2006. Mm-hmm. I read the story. Great story. I put the newspaper down. I lift my head up, and five feet away from me, Ken Danico's <laughs> sitting there. Yeah. Uh, my mouth is hanging. I said, this can't be. I just read a story about him. <laughs> And I'm looking, I, I, the camp owner was there. I said, is that Ken Danico? He says, yeah. Because his daughter goes to the camp. I said, holy cow. <laughs> he says, you want to meet him? So uh, he introduced me, shook his hand, and uh, just a nice little uh, cute story. That right when I got done reading the story about them retiring his number. Did you tell him that? I, I, to- I told I, I said, Ken, I just read the story, March 24, 2006. They're retiring your number. I read the last word, put the paper down, <laughs> lift my head up with my coffee in my hand yeah. that I almost spilled on my lap, and I'm staring at you, and he's laughing. <laughs> I said, you know, Ken, I'm a lifelong diehard Ranger fan, but I'm a hockey fan, and I totally love you as a player. You played the game the way you should be played. Yep. And, and he loved it. Oh, that's a great story, Peter. You got you got two good ones. You got two yeah. great stories. And Ken Danico, he's uh, he's a he's a great friend of the show, and I'll I'll probably have him on maybe once or twice throughout the season, the hockey season again. Yeah, and and he play he really truly played the game. Yeah. The way it should be played. I mean, uh, he got his nose in the ice dirty, and he's the kind of guy you wanted on your team. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and just you know, just still the way he talks, me, us, play for the the what he said before, play for the logo on the front, not the name on the back. I mean, he you know he was the assistant captain, only to um, who was it? Scott Stevens was the captain, but I mean the guy's got leadership qualities, and forty years he's been with the the the, the same team, forty years. I know, great, and he showed me his Stanley Cup ring. Yeah, he 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 rotates them, you know. He he, he, he he's not like one of these players that. That it gets one of those coveted rings and puts it away in storage. He, yeah. he wears it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. And next time I'd see him, I'm going to ask him to actually try it on. He showed it to me. I looked at it, but he does rotate them, you know, because I asked him that because I'm always interested in that. Yeah, he's like, oh, this one is now the uh, whatever 2003 one, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you would enjoy the story. Great story, Peter. That okay. was a great story. Thank you. Bye bye. And uh, by the way, Mr. Devil, Ken Danico. He ha- he holds the record for uh, it's the most games played as a devil, and 
the most penalty minutes racked up as a devil. And he's got almost double, no, more than double the amount of penalty minutes than the number of games that he's played in. So gritty player. Gritty would be the word uh, to describe Ken. Uh, let's go to Comac, New York, and Jack, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Jack. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing all right. I, 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 I feel like I'm shifting gears. We've been talking about the Devils all, all night. but All good. No, it's been Yankee talk, too. Yeah. Oh, Donaldson at third base. We, we just have to address it. You know, Cashman didn't it. <laughs> so I I feel like you and I have to address it. Let's Cashman address it. Did. Let's do it. He's a problem at the plate, and we know that. That's fine. He's serviceable, I guess, in the field. But are you going to eat the $25 million to let him walk? No, no, you can't do that. You can't. You 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 can't. I don't care who you are. It's Cal, George, whoever. You can't eat twenty five million. Well, twenty so twenty one. Twenty one. But yeah, you're gonna have to find someone that's gonna take that money yeah, on. And no one's gonna take that money on. That's the thing. You're stuck with him. And here's my if if you can name me three elite third basemen, I'd be impressed because third basemen are hard to come by. Because I they're not out there. They had the chance to sign Machado, they didn't do it. All right, fine. Are we stuck with Donaldson? Yes. Because. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and that's my thing. I think we are because where else? Where are we looking at? No, we, there's nothing we can do. Donaldson is going to be at third base. Yep. In the coming years. Yep. Yes, he and, is. I mean, you, maybe Jace Peterson you're bringing in as a free agent. Um, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's all you got. So, yeah, you're stuck with Josh Donaldson. So you better hope. And he starts changing his mentality at the plate there, Jack. And he stops swinging for the fences. And he stops swinging out of his cleats. And he stops swinging when his head, helmet keeps falling off. And he learns how to start to make adjustments at the plate. Because no one is going to take on that $21 million. Nobody. Uh, you know, as a trade partner. So, um, unfortunately, you're stuck with him. And if you could find someone to take on that $21 million or, or eat even half of it and have someone take on $10.5 million, whatever it is, you know, th- then then you have to move him. You have to move him. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you're stuck with him. JR and Union, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. What's going on? Thank you for giving the devils their due. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. You are welcome. I, I've been following the Devils since 1982. I live in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and it's very nice to have a, a professional sports team that is not afraid to call themselves New Jersey, unlike the Jets and the Giants mm-hmm. who play in New Jersey, mm-hmm. not in New York. And we help pay for that stadium. Yes. Yep. So I've been a Devils fan since 1982. I uh, used to go to practices all the time yeah. in the 80s and the 90s. Uh I know Ken Danico. I know uh, I used to know his uh, defense partner uh, for a period, uh, uh, Craig Willannon, mm-hmm. who was traded to uh, Quebec for Peter Stastny. Uh, I was also friendly with uh, Sean Burke, Marty Bordeaux, and Kirk Muller, Captain Kirk. Yeah, very so, good. So I tell you, uh, whenever I hear them play, no one cares about hockey boomer. <laughs> 
there there are a lot of people who care about hockey. Yes, they do. And, and I know it's low on the list uh, for this station, uh, but you have to start talking about hockey more because, yep. you, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but uh, when you listen to the station, uh, ha- how much baseball, football, and basketball can you talk? Mm-hmm. You can beat a dead horse, you know? Yep. So when there's time, just, Switch over to, to hockey, you, you know? Yeah, Jerry, that's what I did tonight. You got it. Thanks for I really, I really appreciate you doing that. Appreciate it. You, you, you don't know what, uh, you know, and, and especially on a night when they uh, beat Calgary in overtime. Exactly. Big win. And they're hot. It, they're hot. And they're very talented and they're very good. Yep. And, uh, hey, listen, we've won uh, three Stanley Cups since the Rangers won their last one. See so. that? And you know what, Jr. And they are a team that trusted the process with their young players, and here they are. They're first place in the Metropolitan Division, the New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils. Uh, I hope to see you at a game soon. Uh, I think I'm going on the 28th, December 28th. I think we're going to go, and I wanted to do one before then. We'll see. So I'll keep you guys, I, I, you know, I'll keep you updated on everything I do. Like, in six hours, I'm going to be at the parking lot in MetLife Stadium. And uh, next week, I'll be at the Tiki and Tierney tailgate. tailgate. And then I'll be at uh, the Giant game at MetLife Stadium as well. So um, all that and more. And you know what? Uh, coming up next, um, to k- kick off the second 120 AM segment, former NFL front office executive Amy Trask will join me and us for my November selection for Danielle's WFAM Book Club. She's here to talk about her book, now out on paperback. It's called You Negotiate Like a Girl, Reflections on a Career in the National Football League. And Don't worry. Don't turn it off. It's a gender-blind look behind the curtain of the business side of the NFL, the inner workings of an NFL front office, all of that. So Amy Trask, Daniel McCartan's WFAM Book Club, next here on The Fan. The Giants are back, and Tiki and Tierney want to get you ready for the next game. The first official Tiki and Tierney tailgate. Holy cow! Sunday, November 13th at Reds by the Stadium. The tailgate starts at 10 a.m. and goes until noon. Hang with Tiki and Tierney before the Giants take on Houston. Brought to you by Day Chaser, the refreshing canned cocktail with real spirits and a splash of real fruit juice. Foco.com, where every day is game day. The first annual Tiki and Tierney tailgate, Sunday, November 13th at Reds by the Stadium. Your official tailgate station, The Fan, 1019 FM and the free Odyssey app. We could fly to such great heights. With MSC Cruises, a world of discovery awaits. And starting April 2023, vacation is closer than you think when MSC Meravilia home ports in New York City. So go ahead, skip the airport and cruise to Bermuda, the Bahamas in Florida, or Canada in New England. Plus, set sail with free balcony upgrades, kids sail free, and free onboard credit. Only the sea offers you so much. Only MSC Cruises offers you so much more. To book, call your travel advisor or visit msccruises.com. Restrictions apply. 40 days up to 40 pounds. Say it with me, everybody. 40 days up to 40 pounds. With NJ Diet, it only takes 40 days to lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds. NJ Diet's unlike any other diet. They use your hair, saliva, and blood work along with bioenergetic scans to personalize supplements that will target your hormonal imbalances, which gets your body into the fat-burning zone so you can drop the weight. And then NJ Diet uses DNA info to help you keep it off. Don't wait for your doctor to give you bad news and then try to figure it out. Get ahead of your health by visiting NJDiet.com today. Your weight loss can help you overcome many health issues like high blood pressure, 
high cholesterol, diabetes, arthritis, depression, even digestive issues. So what are you waiting for? Locations throughout the East Coast or worldwide with live online video consults. Visit NJDiet.com or call 855-5NJ-DIET. That's 855-5NJ-DIET. Make your next heating repair or maintenance job a whole lot easier with SupplyHouse.com. Shop their huge inventory and get all the heating essentials delivered with fast, reliable shipping. Heating season's better with SupplyHouse.com. Real people, real service. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. If having turkey for the holidays, buy from a local farm, get one labeled USDA organic or certified humane. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? Connecticut's best value is at Town Fair Tire. They honor all manufacturer and valid competitor rebates, offer the most free services for life, plus give you the guaranteed lowest price. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Amy Trask, who is the author of You Negotiate Like a Girl, Reflections on a Career in the National Football League, now available on paperback, joins us right now on The Fan. Amy, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, It is an honor and a pleasure to join you. I appreciate you inviting me to do so. Stop it. The honor is all mine. (laughs) Okay, should we spend the next, like, I don't know, how many minutes should we argue about that? (laughs) No more. I got a lot to ask. All right. So uh, you negotiate like girls, the title of the book. We'll start there. Of all the things that Al Davis said to you in your career there with the Raiders on page 19, there's a whole list of them. Some clean, so obscene. What made you land on this quote for the title? Well, Mike Freeman actually helped me figure that out. I had come up with a very serious sort of scholarly, um, otherwise known as boring title for it. And in reading the draft of, of the book that I wrote, Mike said, what about this as a title? And I thought, you know what, Mike, you are absolutely right. And I picked up the phone and I called him. I said, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's a brilliant idea. So he gets all the credit for the title. What was your original title? Without regard. And the concept was going to be without regard to gender. So, right. you know, a good title and a meaningful title to me and and relevant to the book, of course, but not as a, a sort of interesting uh, and creative as that which Mike came up with. You know, so I was thinking my next question was, I mean, people might look at this book and be like, oh, you negotiate like a girl. No, because I was expecting all of that. But you really painstakingly or maybe on purpose, maybe not kind of presented all the information through this like gender blind lens. Why was that important to you? Well, I will note before I share my answer with you that um, the best advice I've ever received in my life was from my mom, who told me from the time I was a little girl, to thine own self be true. And as moms can do, she told me that over and over and over again. And as kids can do, um, perhaps particularly little girls can do, I rolled my eyes whenever she did. But it was the best advice I've ever received. And the reason I share that with you before I answer your question is I did what worked for me and it worked very well for me. It doesn't mean my approach will work for other people. I did my job without regard to my gender. I didn't think about my gender. I 
thought about doing the job. It never made sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me that I would want to walk into a room with the hope, with the expectation that no one would be thinking about my gender if I was thinking about my gender. And I am asked um, quite a bit, do I believe I was tested because I was a woman? I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's very fair to assume I was. Well, people are tested all the time. We're tested because of our race, our gender, our age, our religion, our ethnicity, um, our seniority, our educational background. Well, what's the best thing to do when you're tested? Pass Pass the damn test. Exactly. Pass the damn test. So that's where I put my focus. Fascinating to me. One of the most fascinating parts of the entire book to me was kind of like this peek behind the curtain, if you will, at, at these owner meetings. I mean, like getting of the chairs, these water cooler moments. And what would you like anybody that would be interested in this listening right now to know about your experience alongside Al in these meetings? Well, I'm glad you mentioned alongside Al, because I just finished telling you about my approach to gender. And it's important for me to share that I know I had the tremendous, tremendous fortune of working for someone who hired me without regard to gender and didn't give a damn about my gender. And I understand that not everyone has that tremendous fortune. And, you know, you just noted beside Al, when I went to my very first NFL owners meeting, I was the only woman in the room, but I was sitting next to Al. And I think that sent a powerful message. The owners' meetings are uh, quite a bit different than I think anyone would expect. There's the annual meeting, which is attended by a number of people from every club. And then there are the meetings where everything gets done. And those are the one-per-club and two-per-club meetings. And I should say, at the beginning of my career, when I went to the two-per-club meetings, it was with Al. And then I started going to the one-per-club meetings without him. But he was there at the start, and it was nice to be sitting beside him. You are, you're fortunate. You said you used the word fortunate and, and so did I. You're fortunate to have had Al champion you and, and your work in front of others. So what would you say to women now in 2022 that are still um, kind of facing a resistance in their workplace? Well, again, hearkening back to what my mother advised me to thine own self be true. Everybody handles things, should handle things in the manner that works best for them. What worked best for me was getting the job done. Uh, Look, uh, and again, you know, I I mentioned this over again because I'm certainly well aware that uh, Al wasn't concerned with, focused on, didn't give a damn about my gender, and that sent a powerful message. But that doesn't mean that other people didn't care. I just didn't care that they cared. You mentioned uh, Wellington Mara, Dan Rooney, um, and of course, this is a New York sports radio station. So you mentioned them by name as, and this is the quote, men that provided encouragement throughout my time in the league. What could you tell us about your experiences with Wellington Mara and the Mara family? Well, and I will focus on Wellington. You are in the New York market, of course, but the men that I noted in particular were stalwarts of the league. Wellington Mara, Lamar Hunt, Dan Rooney. There, there were a number of them. Um, and, and the reason I noted that um, in the book was several fold. When I started my career with the Raiders, the league and, and the Raiders were on opposite sides of litigation. And there was a dispute that was ongoing when I joined the team. And by the way, 
I know I will sound like a five-year-old when I say this, but I will forever say this and I will forever sound like a five-year-old when I do. But whenever the litigation comes up, I'm quick to point out, mom, they started it. So that footnote aside, I entered that first meeting as the first woman in that room at a time when the league and the Raiders uh, were involved in this dispute. And you know what? The other person I'm going to name, in addition to Wellington Mara, Dan Rooney, Lamar Hunt, is another New York team. And I will mention Ralph Wilson. Those four men who were such an important, important part of the league made a point of reaching out to me at my very first meeting and offering me support and encouragement. And they did so for decades to come. And focusing on Wellington in particular, Wellington was very, very clear in those meetings that he had significant business disputes with Al. And he thus had every reason from a simply business perspective to ignore me or to um, disagree with me whenever he could. But he made a point, again, from that first meeting I attended of offering me his support and encouragement. And does that mean we didn't disagree on business points? Of course, that didn't mean that. But he was tremendous throughout my career. And you mentioned, obviously, the bill, alluding to the bills. You've got Kim Pegula, who is now one of the principal owners of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, how how far so fast? How far? I, I don't know what I'm saying, if I'm saying that the right way, but that's pretty cool now, right? Well, and there there are women who are involved with ownership, as you mentioned, Kim Pagula with the Bills. Uh, Charlotte Anderson is Jerry Jones' daughter, and she's involved with the Cowboys. So there are women involved in ownership positions. Uh, as to my career, when I started, I mentioned that I was the only woman in that room. But then the room, um, there were other women in that room throughout my career. Jeannie Bonk with the Chargers, Hannah Gordon with the 49ers, Donna Ponte, who at the time was with the Dolphins and is now with the league office. So yes, there have been women added to that room, whether in employee positions or ownership positions. Right. You know, you don't, you did not mention the owners by name that were not so welcoming to you. Why did you choose to do it that way? Because you had a platform to put them on blast. You know, I did. I could have done that with owners who were not as welcoming. I could have done that with, you know, staff and others. Yeah. It's just, you know, to thine own self be true. And that's not something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Former Raiders top, top executive Amy Trask joins us now on the fan. You talk a lot about hard work, and, and I'm with you. I'm right up there with you. First, you know, first car in, last car to leave. Do you feel, because at times I do, do you feel like you have to or had to have outworked your male peers in order to earn the same level of respect? I didn't ever sense that, but that's because I didn't ever think about that. Mm-hmm. So um, perhaps if I had focused on that, I might have sensed that, but I didn't give it any thought. I was um, raised to believe in hard work. Uh, I think hard work matters. And by the way, your hard work is evident in all you do. I'm a fan of your work, and it's clear how hard you work. And that's the manner in which I was raised, which is work hard. Work as hard as you can. And when you think you can't work any harder, find a way to work harder. So that's what I did. If I took time to focus on that, which you just raised, perhaps I would have noted that, but I don't know. There was this guy and I hated him through the pages of your book. And he stood up at this owner's meeting and he said to you, listen, girly. I mean, one, how condescending, but 
Do you hope he's reading the book? Uh, he will know who he was if he did read the book. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I couldn't help it, but I laughed. I mean, I understand people thought I should have gotten outraged and people thought I should have, you know, stood up and had a, you know, just had a moment with him. But when he said that, I was so taken aback and I'm thinking, who the hell uses the word girly? Um, so I sort of kind of laughed. You know, things that were said to you or about you seem to be deflected with, you know, like like Teflon here. Um, what's maybe a poignant instance where something kind of slipped through that proverbial armor? Oh, wow. That is a great, great question. And one I'll have to give some thought. Um, I Nothing pops to my head off, you know, sort of off the top of my head. Um, and, and that's not to suggest there weren't those moments, but I'm not recalling any right now. Amy Trask, author of You Negotiate Like a Girl is with us on the fan. Um, you said you were frequently stopped. Those are your words. Uh, once you and the Raiders enter the stadium, headed towards the field. Um, in those instances, what were those experiences like for you? You know, you're walking in with the team. I just started smiling when you asked the question because there were actually some good moments related there too. And one I recall distinctly was when we were in Green Bay playing the Packers. So we get off the team buses and the players walk through the tunnel and, you know, some headed straight to the field, most headed straight to the locker room. Our equipment guys are going on the field and I'm walking through the tunnel with a few other people on business staff. I'm credentialed. We all have credentials hanging from our waistband or from our necks. And I exit the tunnel and go to step on the field and I'm stopped. Nobody else is stopped, but I'm stopped. And all of a sudden, Red Batty, who is the longtime, longtime equipment manager from the Packers, who's over on his team's side of the field doing all the work that he needed to do pregame, sees that security is stopping me. He recognizes the reason they are. And he ran, dropped everything he was doing. He literally dropped the equipment on the bench and ran over and said, let her in. Um, and so, you know, there's those who would focus on the fact that I was stopped and I was, but my focus was on the fact that here's Red Batty dropping everything he was doing for the home team to help me out. I'm with the visiting team. And yet he took his time to do that. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I just want to say thank you, too, because I worked for the Giants. I guess it was uh, a year 2019. I worked for them for a year. Um, but I just I, I was never asked to show my credential. And it was kind of like we belonged, you know, so I just you know wanted to say thanks. Oh, that's really neat. Well, thank you very much for saying that. There were also two pages in the book where you talked about how Al Davis refused to let his team play in the, the segregated South. Um, he said he didn't want to say anything about it publicly. You disagree with that publicity sort of aspect of it. Why? Well, um, thank you for mentioning that. And by the way, you know, I'm well aware, given your marketplace and, and given the breadth and scope of those who follow you, the areas in which you are followed, that there will be people listening to this who are Raider fans and people who hate the Raiders, people who loved Al and people who couldn't stand him. But if we're all being intellectually honest, he did things that were not even being discussed then when he hired Tom Flores and then he hired me and then he hired Art Shell. And that which you did just referenced was well before that. Uh, there were two instances in which 
Um, in one case, a team, in another case, I believe it was an all-star game, were scheduled to be played in areas in the segregated South. And the, the one story I remember discussing with him, I mean, I discussed them all with him, but one which stands out is um, he was on the phone with the people organizing the game and, and they said, okay, you know, we've got two hotels ready for you. And he said, no, 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 I don't need, you know, we don't need two hotels. We don't have that large of a, of a traveling group. And the guy kind of hemmed and hawed and said, no, we have two hotels for you. And, you know, Al started losing his patience and said, I just said, we don't need two hotels. We're not that big of a traveling party. And the person hemmed and hawed again and explained, all your players can't stay together in the same hotel. The white players will be in one hotel and the blacks in another. And Al said, oh, oh, I gotcha. And the guy sort of breathed a sigh, you know, a sigh of relief. Ah, he gets it. And Al says, yeah, I gotcha. We're not coming. And he got the game moved. He refused to play it. And it's things like that that make a difference in the world. And I felt, and I shared with him on a few occasions, that he should um, be credited for all he did in terms of what we now refer to as diversity and inclusiveness. And the reason I say we now refer to it as diversity and inclusiveness is that wasn't a phrase. Those weren't topics. Those weren't issues that were being discussed at the time he hired me or when he did this with having those games moved. And his response to me was always, I don't want to receive any credit for it. You know, I, I often said to Al that I thought he deserved credit for what he did, for hiring Tom Flores, for hiring me, for hiring Art Shell, for having those games moved out of the segregated South. And his response to me was, hey, I don't want credit. And that was the man he was. He didn't want credit for doing the right thing. What else did Al Davis do along that same vein that, that the world does not know about? Oh, he did a lot of things um, very, very quietly took care of players and their families who needed help and never, ever let it be known publicly. Amy Trask uh, with us on the fan right now, former CEO of the Raiders, lawyer, host on CBS Sports Network, author of You Negotiate Like a Girl. You know, a leadership quality, which I also loved about you and what you wrote about is it was important to you to go through the, um, what's it called, metal detectors with the fans, go to the concession stands, sit amongst the fans. Um, what were some of the changes that came out of that or were as a result of your findings? Well, we made adjustments to stadium processes. And I, um, I was very, very um, firm about this with all the people on staff. I said, if you are on the staff of a team, and you are driving into the parking lot with your parking credential and being ushered into a staff parking lot and going in through a staff uh, entry without having to go through security. And by the way, this started well before there were metal detectors. But, you know, even so I, I started doing this with staff well before there were metal detectors. But even, you know, again, after there were. And if you're. Uh, walking into staff dining areas and you're not having to wait in concession lines and you're not having to go to public restrooms, you're not fully understanding the experience of the fans. So throughout my career, I would make a point every game of using a public restroom at our home stadium, of using you know, if I wanted something, I'd wait in a concession line. I would see how long the line was. Uh, I would go through security. I would wait in line 
because otherwise you're not fully understanding the experience of the fans and you cannot do as good a job trying to make improvements to that experience. Right. Maybe like what, like what's maybe one thing, like a concrete thing that you said, okay, this needs to change. And then it did. Boy, I'll try to think, well, you know, we revamped some of our parking um, processes. Did it make it perfect? Of course not. The stadium was located um, well, in Los Angeles, it was one issue. In Oakland, it was another. But it w- they were located in a manner in which, of course, there were traffics. But we had traffic. But we adjusted some of the manners in which fans could access the parking lots. We shifted some of the concession stands. So if you only wanted certain limited items, you could go to one stand and perhaps have a shorter line. We made adjustments like that. Did we make it perfect? Of course not. When you've got 60 plus thousand people in a building, there's going to be lines to get in and out. But that doesn't mean you can't do all you can to minimize the difficulties. Sure. Amy Trask, who has spent a career in the front office of the the Raiders organization, L.A., Oakland, both places, um, is with us here on the fan. Amy, I wanted to kind of zoom out and, and maybe talk about some you know business applicable in business in general, like. I, I like that you talked about the entitlement mentality, how that's apparent to you and in, in, in the hiring process, um, because it, it seems more prevalent now more than ever. How do you assess that if you, you know, when you hire someone, how is that entitlement mentality either there or not? And how does it affect your decision? It is important to me when interviewing someone, and it always has been, that I understand what that person believes they can contribute to the organization and how they wish to contribute. So if that which you are referring to is an interview experience I've I've shared, um, when you're interviewing someone and that person spends the entirety of the interview or the bulk of the interview explaining why that job is good for him or good for her, my reaction, my thought was always, okay, you're telling me why this job is good for you. Why are you good for this job? Why are you good for the organization? When you work for an organization, when you work for an entity, how are you going to contribute? Convince the person or try to convince the person who is interviewing you how you can make the entity, the organization, the business better than it is. How will you contribute? You know, I I am. And and if this is what you're referring to, boy, oh boy, um, it does get me all head up to sit and listen to someone spend an entire interview telling me why the job is good for them. Okay. Tell me why you're good for the job. Amy Trask joins us here on The Fan. You said, certainly not every moment was fun and circumstances and situations could be tremendously difficult, challenging and, and stressful, but we were fortunate to be doing what we did. Your most stressful day on the job was, I have a feeling it involves an overhead projector. <laughs> you know, I was not even at that press conference and I wasn't there because I was behaving rather petulantly. Al and I were in tremendous disagreement about um, that issue of, of the termination of the head coach, not necessarily whether he should terminate him or not, but I didn't like the way Al was going about it. I didn't like the manner in which he was proceeding. And again, not necessarily the underlying decision, but how he was approaching it. So I opted rather childlike on my part 
not to attend the press conference. I just didn't go. It was downstairs. I was sitting in my office. I turned on the television. We had an internal feed. And I see the press conference start. And behind Al is this giant white screen. And I'm thinking, you know, not only are they having this press conference, they don't even have the backdrop up with our sponsor. And I mean, I was angry. And I, uh, you know, I'm saying they to you, but I was saying we at the time, you know, we don't even have the backdrop up. We're doing this so poorly. And I had two other people in my office. And I'm staring and I'm staring. And then the camera cuts and it shows the overhead projector. And I realize it's not that the backdrop isn't up. That's a screen. Well, I didn't even know we had an overhead projector until that moment. And I am proud to tell you that after that moment, after that press conference, um, well, there was a funny interaction with my husband. After we got through the next few days of absolute stress, I said to my husband, I'm going to find that overhead projector and I am going to destroy it. I'm going to throw it away. I mean, I went on a rant and my husband looked at me and said, oh, no, that baby's going to Canton, meaning the overhead projector. Well, I want you to know, I went into the office the next day and I hit it so it couldn't be used again. That was a stressful period because in the wake of that, the sponsor calls, the advertiser calls, all the media, there was a lot of stress. Um, the worst day of my career was getting the phone call that Al had passed away. You know, I was going to just go there. Amy Trash, the author of You Negotiate Like a Girl, is with us on the fan. Um, I checked the dates and everything and just wanted to be sure. You wrote the book after Al Davis passed away. Why not earlier so he could enjoy it too? Uh, I wrote the book after I left the organization. When Al passed away, um, wow, I had been with the organization. I was with the organization almost 30 years, if you include the years I was an intern. And when Al passed away, it was in season. It was in October. And my focus immediately was, you know, we got to get through the season. What do we have to do to get through the season? How do we get through the season? The entire focus was getting through the season. And it wasn't until the season was over that I began what was a very, very long process of deciding, should I stay or should I go? Do I stick with the team? Do I leave the team? And I, you know, I was like um, the Shakespearean to be or not to be, only it was to stay or not to stay. And it was the hardest decision I ever made but it was the right decision. And by the way, I, I understand when I say that it was the hardest decision I've ever had to make that, that, you know, is a reflection of how fortunate I have been in life, but it was the hardest decision I've ever had to make. And it was the right decision. And it never occurred to me before I left that I would ever think of writing a book, but I love to write. And I just started putting everything down on paper and I had a lot of fun writing it. Amy, the spirit of Al Davis is thumbing through. Uh, you negotiate like a girl, laughing probably that I don't know him, but he's probably laughing that you used his quote as the title. What would he say to you about about your book? I don't think I can say that without maybe getting you in trouble with you know governmental authorities or otherwise for using the language. He would, um, but he would say it with a smile on his face. And you know what? For those of you who haven't read the book, it's the quote I share in the book that he said all the time, all the time. Uh, one of the words rhymes with truck, and he would have said it with a smile on his face. Uh, well, Amy Tras, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And tell tell them where they could pick up a copy of your book. 
Oh, wow. Thank you for asking. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's on a number of sites and it is now out in paperback, which is kind of fun. Which is what I have. You negotiate like a girl. Um, it's lessons that are business applicable, just not if you're at a, you know an NFL level, but at any business. So Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And we'll throw it through a quick break right here, and we'll wrap it up. Jets prediction, and we got Kevin in Ocean City waiting to do a Nets point here. So all of that before the 2 a.m. closure of the show. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2. With over 90 years of combined legal experience representing the law enforcement community, Decalator Cohen and DePrisco LLP continues to strive to educate police officers of their civil rights to sue in line-of-duty accident cases. The 2022 Police Officers' Right to Sue newsletter can be viewed on policeofficersrighttosue.com and provides successful results in varying line-of-duty accident cases. These results include damages recovered from RMP accidents involving the City of New York and civilian motorists, station house defects, ricochet injuries from the range, private premises slip and falls, sidewalk slip and falls, construction defects, snow and ice cases, and injuries emanating from defective RMPs. In any LOD accident, it is important for the officer to take photographs of any defects, injuries, or damage. It is also essential to draft the line of duty report and detail the cause of the accident in the paperwork. Remember, there's a 90-day time limitation to file a claim against the municipality. If any law enforcement member has a question regarding a potential lawsuit, contact Decalator Cohen and DePrisco LLP at policeofficersrighttosue.com or call 1-800-901-1529. Come on, make it, make it! Tired of betting on lousy sportsbook prices and minus 110 odds? You know it. Buddy, you deserve even odds on all spreads and totals. <laughs> I wish. Profit Exchange does exactly that. It's the first ever sports betting exchange in the U.S., and it's live in New Jersey. Download the Profit Betting Exchange app and get better odds and bigger wins from now on. Yes! Profit Exchange. That's Profit. P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. All right, we're going to jump right back in this because time is limited. Kevin, you hold, held on through the whole thing. Kevin in Ocean City. I never just jump right into something without, like, uh, prefacing it. We are very short on time. Kevin, go ahead. Thanks for calling the fan. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um I'm a Mets, Jets, and Nets fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the Nets, do you think there's a possibility that they let Jock Vaughn coach? Because he, he coached well when he was in the bubble, and, he, and they and, he, and they seem to play very well for him. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be up to Kevin Durant, whatever he wants. He seems to be calling the shots over there. Well, 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 every, he should call the shots. He should let him coach because they play well for him. I do. I agree with you. Yes. And on the Jets, which I never, I know won't happen. They don't expect us to have any shot against. Um, Buffalo, mm-hmm. but to me, to me, Zach Wilson—he seems to be scared to step into the pocket. A lot of times, there's a good pocket there, he never steps into it. Mm. And um, is there any possibility at all that Mike White could start this game? Start it, Kevin. Thanks for keeping that very short and succinct. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into some Jets right here. No, uh, I'll, I'll hang up so you can hear it. No, Mike White is not going to start this game. Uh, I think if Zach Wilson gets into trouble by halftime, you might see Mike White, but no, he's not starting it. And quickly. Josh Allen, my Jets prediction here, he's just way too good. My matchup to watch, Sauce Gardner, Stefan Diggs. You know, offense is the biggest question mark for the Jets. Unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong, I'm picking the Bills 24, Jets 13. Sorry. I'll be there. I hope I'm wrong. 
Bills 24, Jets 13. All right. Thanks to the callers, the tweeters, everybody. Could not have done this without you. Love coming here and talking with you. If you missed any portion of tonight's show, started around 11.45 on that Odyssey Rewind feature. Great job to Emmanuel behind the glass. Pat Boyle on the updates. Also to the guests, Ken Danico, Amy Trask. Those will be out on podcast very soon, if not already. I'll see you next Saturday night. I don't know what time just yet. Stay uh, locked into my social media channels, and I'll usually post it on about Thursday, okay? At Coach McCartan, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Keep the conversation going. See you at the Jet game tomorrow. Pete Hoffman, up next here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Forty days up to forty pounds. Say it with me, everybody. Forty days up to forty pounds. With NJ Diet, it only takes forty days to lose a contractually guaranteed twenty to forty plus pounds. NJ Diet's unlike any other diet. They use your hair, saliva, and blood work along with bioenergetic scans to personalize supplements that will target your hormonal imbalances, which gets your body into the fat burning zone so you can drop the weight. And then NJ Diet uses DNA info to help you keep it off. Don't wait for your doctor to give you bad news and then try to figure it out. Get ahead of your health by visiting NJDiet.com today. Your weight loss can help you overcome many health issues like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, arthritis, depression, even digestive issues. So what are you waiting for? Locations throughout the East Coast or worldwide with live online video consults. Visit NJDiet.com or call 8555-NJ-DIET. That's 8555-NJ-DIET. Whether it's the uncertainty of knowing when their next meal will come or experiencing illness, millions of children across the country are fighting battles no child should endure. At the Duncan Joy and Childhood Foundation, the mission is to bring joy to kids who need it most. Thanks to the ongoing support of Duncan franchisees, vendors, and guests, they have helped bring joy to more than 2 million kids in over 40 states last year alone. To learn more about how you can help kids battling hunger or illness in your communities, visit bringjoy.org. Town Fair Tire is Connecticut's largest name brand discount tire dealer. We give you the guaranteed lowest prices on all name brand tires and honor all manufacturers' rebates. We even honor our competitors' rebates. With over 100 stores from Connecticut through New England and an inventory of over 600,000 tires, you'll always get the right tire at the guaranteed lowest price. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody! Name brands at discount prices. Town Fair Tire. WFAN, WFAN FM, WFAN FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. WFAN Sports Flash. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning at 2 o'clock. I'm Pat Boyle. The Astros win the World Series over the Phillies, four games to two. Houston clinched it in game six with a 4 1 win last night. It's the second title in the last six years for the Astros and first since the cheating scandal during their run to the World Series in 2017. Jeremy Pena, Houston's rookie shortstop, named World Series MVP. Back in New York, the Knicks got buried by Celtics threes all night long. As Williams lines up that three-pointer, finishing touches 27th three-pointer of the game for the Boston Celtics. They score 133 points. Mike Breen, MSG on the call. Knicks lose to the Celtics 133-118. They lose their fourth out of their last five and fall back under 500. Julius Randle with 29 points in the loss. Meanwhile, the Nets seem to be getting on without Kyrie Irving just fine. They suspended him for a minimum of five games on Thursday, and they've won road games on back-to-back nights since. They stormed back to beat Charlotte 98-94. 
Kevin Durant at 27 points in the win. The Nets are now 4-6. and six. On the ice, the Devils racked up their sixth straight win. Longest win streak in 10 years. They ousted the Flames on the road 4-3 in overtime. Islanders couldn't extend their five-game winning streak. They were shut out 3-0 on the road by the Red Wings. Football later today. Giants are on their bye week preparing for the Texans next week. So the Jets have center stage, and they'll do so as 11.5-point underdogs against the MVP favorite Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Wide receiver Corey Davis out with an MCL sprain. Running back James Robinson is questionable. So how about Elijah Moore? The second-year wide receiver was unhappy with his targets after the Jets' week six win at Green Bay. Requested a trade leading up to the game next week in Denver. Returned to the team last week and saw only one target in the loss to the Patriots. However, Moore said he's here, so let's make the most of it. Definitely for sure. You know, I know I'm here and I'm going to stay here, so why not be super, super positive, you know? Jets and the Bills at MetLife today at 1 o'clock. 66 degrees under mostly cloudy skies in Central Park, and that's what's happening. I'm Pat Boyle. Sometimes it's good to talk about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The fan. WFAN. Good Sunday morning. We finally hit 2 a.m. Feels like.